0: Niamh, yeah well, tell us everything
1: about the wedding I went to no
0: just well, about, we, like we, we can cover the wedding at some point but let's just start from the beginning <laughs> okay
2: who was the first lesbian
1: <laughs> ever yep. yeah um Camilla the vampire
0: <laughs> okay go on yeah. is it true that all lesbians have some kind of vampire I would I don't want to say power so I'm just going to say lineage
1: yeah definitely
0: I knew it I fucking I was telling you that Brian remember yeah
2: it's why they're always doing stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Lesbian in The verb mm-hmm. to lesbian.
1: We call it to make magic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> this train's crashing and burning, and I'm loving it. This is
0: what happens when I don't prepare an anecdote
1: okay the first lesbian was camilla and the last lesbian whoa meccanieve is...
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so this
0: is projected long into the yeah, future yeah yeah okay are we talking centuries or like millennia
1: oh we do not have long left okay <laughs> so this is only a, like maybe around 500 years into will, the future will
0: me and brian ever meet meccanieve
1: oh yeah like oh she's gonna Mekaneev fucking hate me is huge she's like 20 feet tall and she has little pockets because she has combat pockets but they're all made out of steel and i'll keep you in one of those okay
0: there you go i think there's worse ways to write out the apocalypse right
1: yeah Mecha is powered by the consciousness of all other people and she roams the barren planet
0: <laughs> just like regularly <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Let's Fight a Boss video game podcast. The world's strongest video game podcast. I am sitting here with the two most dangerous wasteland survivors. To my left, it's the Baron.
2: I've got bones for sale.
0: You, you got any water left in the wasteland? Not anymore, you fucking don't. Brian!
2: Just bones.
0: To my right... 80,000 feet tall and made entirely of plutonium, it's Neve. Hello. And with you always, the cockroach of Let's Fight a Boss, the everlasting nameless king, it's John. Um, so, I guess right up front here, I wanted to get some kind of housekeeping stuff out of the way. I know we don't talk about a lot of like behind the scenes stuff on this podcast, we like to maintain the kayfabe. But um, last week, we said that we had a special guest. And the truth was, it was not a special guest episode. We said that so he could save face. This was an audition. And, you know, there there's certain responsibilities that come with being the nameless king of the podcast. And it's with a heavy heart, I just have to say, that he he blew it. Um, Woolly Versus is not going to be a permanent member of Let's Fight a Boss. And I understand a lot of people are going to be upset with that. But I think if you listen back to that episode... Personally, I found him lacking in several ways. So sorry, Wooly. Back, back to the little leagues. Uh, maybe next year. Better, better look, better look some other time, Woody. You guys, any thoughts for Wooly? Uh,
2: best wishes. Yeah.
1: I think if he does one or two more episodes of a podcast, he might get the flow of it a little better. Yeah.
0: I was trying to explain to him after the podcast, like it's meant to be entertaining. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like we're meant to be you having know? fun. Like you're meant to kind of throw some jokes in
0: there or mm. something like that, and he just. He, he just kept looking at me with this big blank expression being, like, like a conversation. And I was like, yeah, Willie, but, like, not boring. And he he just would not go in. And, like, I felt so bad for him because, like, you know, he was trying and just... And, like, the segments about the kites, P-U. You know
2: what I mean? It was kind of cute to humor it. Didn't, you know, like, it, 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 it went on, it took its time, and we eventually got to the important part of the podcast yeah which is the video games obviously it's it's why everyone listens to us
0: and like three i don't know about you guys but by hour three i just wanted to get out of there i
2: couldn't leave it was my fucking apartment (laughs) i just wanted to fuck the table out the window but you know just being honest
0: yeah but I, i think like some people are cut out for podcasting some people are not and that's what that night taught me um we'll probably never do another special guest again after how fucking disastrously that went But I'm like, it's not, it's not Wooly's fault. Like he didn't try and ruin the podcast. It's just what happened.
1: Yeah. It seems innate in him.
2: Mm.
0: Hey, listen, all the best to his future endeavors. I don't know what else he does, but. (laughs) Me neither. Yeah. um... Who's Woolly? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good note to end this on. Um... (laughs) Oh boy. Um. Neve, I've been so curious to hear about
2: malignant. Oh man, <laughs> this fucking film. Did
1: you see it, Brian? Yeah. Oh my
2: god. Oh my god. <laughs> like, <laughs> what like, the fuck? like, 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 this is a film, and then it's I don't know what the fuck this is. It's a, it's, it's, it's an experience.
1: It really is. Oh god, it's so weird. So-
0: are, are we? Oh, sorry. You go. You go on.
1: What? What did you?
2: What a positive or negative? Uh, Are you glad you experienced this? I think this might be
1: James Wan's best
2: movie. I I think James Wan knocked it out of the park with this one. He set a tone and then screamed into that microphone until we all started nodding and going, you did it, James. You fucking (laughs) did it. Uh, This is James Wan, who's behind Saw, who's behind The Conjuring Fulhams. He recently did a few Fast and the Furious movies. He's a very prolific man. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's done a lot of horror movies and he's stepped back to horror and this is a brand new story from James and his partner uh, whose name I can't remember and I actually want to find out because she's in the film as well.
1: Yeah, she's a bit of a bit role in it um, but I thought that was cute. Yeah. Um, this was like super weird stylistically because it feels like James Wan obviously has been doing a lot with horror with Conjuring and like I think the Conjuring series really catapulted that kind of Halloween time period blockbuster horror movie for like just a whole pile of normies to go see kind of thing and like i think he's gotten that down to a science but i found a few of them have been lacking like i don't know if you've seen the recent conjuring from this year conjuring three
2: it's not it's probably the weakest out of the tree like it's still Mm -hmm. good but it's very much like you're watching patrick wilson and vera famiga doing their thing again
1: yeah just kind of i don't know I, I kind of got bored between with that one and it's just like how do you revitalize the conjuring verse and james Wan did it by bringing <laughs> one of the best new horror monsters like horror slasher villains in oh it's so, so good i get
0: really excited to hear that because that is such a difficult thing to do yes it's
1: like like it had a lot of things i liked, like um Ghostface from scream he, he's really clumsy and falls over a lot and i think it's part of his character that kind of gives him an air to him where he's very scary and menacing but it will also fall over a catch. Yeah, because he's
0: a stupid hateful teenager
1: yeah and like this character had like movement stuff that was so unusual <laughs> that was both creepy but also kind of vaguely hilarious while you're watching it
2: that makes complete sense
1: yeah <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> really just really lined it all up in one neat little package by the end Yeah, um, so it's about a woman who's recently had a miscarriage and is in a domestic situation um, where uh, her husband uh, attacks her Mm -hmm. and a hooded, mysterious killer comes out of nowhere and kills her husband for her, essentially. Then she's kind of brought back into her family that she's estranged from. And from there kind of uncovers the history and secrets of her past and what this mysterious killer has in relation to her is that more or less the gist of the film
1: that's pretty much the gist um it has that like james Wan thing and kind of just like modern horror in general where it's like this modern couple they don't have any kids but they're staying in this huge manor house with like like 10 rooms and a lot of space in it because it kind of gives that spooky vibes it kind of had like hunting on hill house kind of vibes with that and yeah. it's kind of color grading as well
2: it's definitely that thing where it's like a big living room where none of the furniture is up against the wall so the cameraman can go mm-hmm. around the furniture but it's like twice the size of a normal house because of that. Mm.
1: And these modern ad- adults like don't own any Ikea. Like the decor is it all from a certain period. It sounds like a
0: video game house. Yes, yeah, it is. I
1: thought of Resident Evil multiple times throughout this. I was like, this is a very good, this would be a very good level because you have people like with their torches moving through very different locations. And this movie has a budget. Like it oh, yeah. looks lovely. Like with, it With like looks really super high good. ceilings
2: and everything everywhere mm-hmm. and crazy lighting and... They really like built these sets, and they use these sets to the full max. Like, there's this one where there's like an overhead top-down shot yeah. of her being like chased by the killer, and like it they is an map extreme, out everything.
1: It is an extreme overhead, so it looks like twelve minutes. Like, and it is following her through the house. So the house looks oh, like a dollhouse. It's yeah. super cool um so it's like it has that kind of aesthetic where it seems older than it is but it's also set in modern day and it kind of that kind of gives it a bit of a mike flanagan vibe because you're also dealing with domestic abuse and kind of just like just like kind of trauma and it seems slower at the start and it seems kind of grounded and then it like
2: by by the last half hour like (laughs) our eyes are open and we see the truth and (laughs) <laughs> I don't it's not and a, Neve's Neve's hands are covering her face. It's not a horror movie per se anymore. It's more just like it's a movie, <laughs> and uh sometimes the like my favorite things about movies are that they are not our reality, but rather a fictional reality for us to like step into and take in. And Malignant <laughs> welcomes you with open arms into the setup that they have uh like led you to believe
1: Mm -hmm. so it has that really like basis of this kind of more oh maybe this is going to be grounded in kind of like trauma or kind of stuff like that and it has an extended cast in it that are all like they have small bits but they're all very interesting casting so they kind of stand out as characters Mm -hmm. in, in a like more developed way even if they don't get a lot of time so you're kind of rooting for everyone but uh, just this just goes so fucking off the rails that I don't want to give any spoilers to it. No, no. Because it was, like, one of the most insane things I've seen in a horror movie in so fucking long. It's, like, so gross and...
2: But, like, it looks so cool as well. It looks well.
1: so cool. <laughs> like, they,
2: <laughs> they worked so hard to convince people to go, Alright, and I was on board. But, like, I, I didn't know much about this one going in, only that, like don't read anything about it just like go in and like leave your expectations at the door and just go with the flow okay because mm-hmm. uh, it's absolutely one of those films that's i love hearing that about a film before going to see it yeah i've got the two writers so like it, it is written and directed by james wan and then his partner uh, ingrid bizu is in it as well so she she co-wrote it with him but she has a bit role in this as like yeah like a klutzy detective <clears> or <throat> like crime scene girl yeah. who has a crush on the hot Asian detective that is clearly James Wan's insert, self-insert in the film. <laughs> like it's not even subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, The main woman, it's very good.
1: Yeah, she's really good. I haven't seen her in anything else. No, same. But, like, she, like she has a lot of work to do. She does. And, like, I don't know. Like...
2: I'm, I'm pretty sure like the, the, the person who's playing the killer or the team that are playing the killer their choreography and their like behind the scenes work is just like so well rehearsed and some of it is cgi but a pretty lot of it is actually just like acrobatics
1: the choreography in this is amazing like it is spectacular how um people move in some of these spaces like
0: i'm sure this isn't it but like the way you guys are describing it i'm kind of picturing like like you know t- metal gear solid twin snakes oh, with it, snake it, it's, like it's... cartwheeling <laughs> okay. over doors
2: john this movie <laughs> feels yeah. like it belongs in the metal gear solid storyline yeah. okay great <laughs> like it, it is some I'm metal sure gear could... solid for plot reasons i'm sure you, i'm
0: sure you could bring some some good hol- solid horror out of the metal gear solid universe
1: <laughs> i don't even like some of the locations they end up in are crazy like the underground yeah old-timey cart storage which apparently <laughs> yeah. is a
2: real like tourist spot it's so nuts um there's this like haunted like insane insane asylum they go to essentially and it is just like this weird looking map painting slash set they're in it for like two minutes and it's really underused but because it's so underused it just has this like wild potential to it but at this point you're like two hours into the movie and you're like what have you got for us this sounds great. Okay. I'm intrigued. I just, I can't believe this film exists. Uh, yeah. It doesn't need a sequel or anything like that. This, this just needs. Oh, but
1: to... Brian, they totally set it up for yeah, it. They you did. know they did. Yeah. I was just like, hmm, split.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, without, without going into too detailed spoilers, there's one bit towards the kind of final act of the movie where um, they're in a, like, short term holding jail. And. There's a lot of prisoners in a cell, and some of the costuming on some of the prisoners is ridiculous. It's like something out of like a B movie or like an exploita- ex- exploitation film. They do not look like like normal people who walk around in the 21st century, let's mm-hmm. say. And at that point, I was like, oh, okay, I I, I kind of get which which universe we're in now or which. Which which timeline we've teleported ourselves back to. But yeah, fantastic movie.
0: That sounds great. I'm really looking forward to watching it. Brian, why don't you tell us about
2: Koku Nohito? Koku Nohito. This is a, a new manga I've started reading. Uh, about three or four volumes in. Koku nohito stands for The Climber. And it is a rock climbing manga. Oh. Uh, a non
1: battle battle manga?
2: Pretty much. What the fuck are you talking about, Niamh? Well, actually, it's more like a sports manga, right? Mm -hmm. You know the way a popular theme in sports manga is teamwork. And, you know, working together to, like, share the victory and success. Sure. This is about one guy, a teenage boy, who is just so solitary and so unable to just, like, establish relationships with people. All he wants to do is climb up mountains and be left alone.
0: Now, I do have to tell you, Brian, that that is about 50% of sports manga.
2: Because they keep bringing in these tropes where guys are like, hey, if you stick with me, we could climb to the top together. And the main guy's like, no. And every single time, he he he's he's just rejecting any form of friendship.
1: Is it going to get to the point, like, I don't know, chapter 10, where he, he meets the person he wants to climb to the top with? <sighs> or do you think it's going to be about his solitary adventure?
2: So there's two halves to this. Um, Okay. And so it's written by a guy called, uh, well, it's written by two writers here, but it was only on the other, it was on the other side.
0: Brian, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to pause there. need you to get your fucking shit together. Okay. This is, this is complete, like, need let him have it. Not good enough.
1: It's just not professional,
0: Brian. Yeah. I'm going to have to join Wooly in the um. fucking series. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> me and Neve took a long time writing the script out for this week's episode. And mm-hmm. you are, you keep fumbling it. And just, there's one writer. Like you can see it right there in the script. One writer. Stick to the prompt. Okay. Yeah. Uh, only don't take all this out. If people find out that this, that this isn't off the cuff, we're going we're to be in trouble. Yeah.
2: I, I think people need to know how well rehearsed we are at yeah. this. Except yeah. for me. I'm not, unfortunately. I haven't played a video game in like four years. No, why would we? Uh, it's it's illustrated by a mangaka called Shinichi Sakamoto, and the artwork is almost as good as like Death Note's, almost as good as like Takeshi Obata's artwork, and it's very reminiscent of that artwork.
0: Did you see uh Platinum's End is getting an anime?
2: Oh, great!
1: <laughs> is that the Angel one? Yeah, that shit. I so... thought you'd be super <laughs>
2: super pumped about that. No, I don't want to watch. I I'm done with that. I read it, and I was like, bye. <laughs> Um, I'm I'm loving this rock climbing manga though oh yeah um, so it's about this guy uh, he's 17 and he's ripped and his name is Bun Chan or something like that I can't remember his real name but people like there there was one female character very earlier on in the, the story called Bun Chan she's not in anymore get that shit out of here because this story gets real homoerotic mm-hmm. there's a lot of just like dudes being like hey man if you stick with me you'll be safe and he's like no there's a different guy out there but then the guy out there is in a coma, so I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe if he climbs the right mountain and makes a wish, his friend will wake this up. This sounds coma. great, Brian.
0: This sounds very different to what you usually read. How did you like come in contact with this one?
2: Um, I guess it, it is published in one of the seinen uh, weeklies. I can't remember which one, but it, it came up from that recommendation. But like, you, you know how both of you have like sports manga or like I guess shonen seinen manga where like. A character goes beyond the human limit and transforms their body Mm -hmm. to, like, to, like, defeat the foe or defeat Mm -hmm. the, like, like, you know. Or
0: themselves.
2: Yeah. Mm. So there's a lot of extreme, like, perspective angles of people, like, detaching their arms from the sockets so that they can, like, reach higher.
3: Uh, like
2: grapple hook like there is so much subtle body horror especially when they get high uh, up and up (laughs) high up and up the mountain that they start like getting air pressure into like and they're like oh my blood looks different so my fingers have ballooned up uh, it's like and the drawings are fucking amazing that sounds great yeah there's that's so-
1: like Yo-e-Mushy Petal where yeah. it's like the body horror the and
2: cicada sequence crazy. from that bride oh, oh yeah 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 because he hatches out from his skin and mm-hmm. there's a new one underneath and that's what's going to excel him past the finish line there's a lot of this but then like the homoerotic stuff was real good like there's a there, like like twice now it's happened where a guy has like grabbed the protagonist on the shoulder and the guy goes whoa his hands are so big because oh. like because it's so <laughs> important that like the characters have big strong hands with grip. Cause you need to fucking climb. But like then there's this other climber and um and he was only introduced for a brief moment, but his whole thing is that he's kinda like a bat where he hangs upside down by the by 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 his feet. And he's like he doesn't use any ropes. Whoa. Like he's a bad boy climber.
0: That's fucked
2: up. And this is another one where you could tell the author has done all their research on climbing and climbing equipment, and all the terminology and any jargon mm. related to like professional mountaineering and. You'll rock get climbing.
0: like a full two-page spread on finger grips.
2: Oh yeah, there's several bits about what what are the correct clips, like like tying the right ropes, uh, what sort of shoes to wear, like like the tighter the shoes, the better, because that way your toes can feel the mountain. I'm. I'm really enjoying this. It's 17 volumes. I'm only at the beginning of it, and wow. I just like I'm gonna scale this fucker. I hope there's a
0: point where someone touches a mountain and is like, "This is the most hateful mountain I've ever seen."
1: I'm looking at an image from this, and it is a mountain made from human bodies, just entangled with each other, and the art is beautiful. Oh yeah, it, it <laughs> and gets it a, gets very very cerebral. A person. At the top, naked.
2: Wow. I, I I think it, it's going to get to the point where like the the main character is not, it, it, like like he he's not interested in being friends with like humans and civilization. He just wants to climb mountains, and I think there's going to be a lot of like, fuck humanity. Hell yeah, mountains. I and, mean, who couldn't get behind that? And like, they, they, like. It's such it's got such nice artwork. Holy shit.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy looking.
2: And and it's so atmospheric. There's so many like two-page spreads of just like some dude in the howling wind with like like a storm going around him, just like scaling a mountain, and he's insignificant. But he has his like like neck tilted back and he's just like, I am here now. Nice.
1: Do you like this Reddit caption?
2: <laughs> I hate Reddit so much. Yeah. It's a shit website. Ooh wow okay I, I i'm not putting any of these pictures up online i think i think people just need to read this manga and know that it comes with like a heavy warning that gets fucking weird on yeah I'm not like, like,
0: like from the two pictures i have seen you were not joking about body horror yeah,
2: yeah. oh yeah wow that sounds pretty good i'm
0: pretty gay speaking of pretty gay it's wrestle talk so Daniel Bryan left the WWE we talked about this yeah good man Daniel good man Daniel good man Bryan and now has reverted to his pre-WWE form Bryan Danielson which is his real name because at some point Vince McMahon was like Bryan Danielson we're gonna we're gonna be you need to be more of a of a Daniel
2: Bryan that's how Vince talks it is yeah Uh, it's a very good marketing ploy that's
1: a real horrible power move where you don't you're not even giving someone like a brand new name it's just like I need to change it in some way it's weird
0: Neve, I I could write a book on all the weird and awful power moves Vince McMahon has done over the years but he's a he's an awful human being but anyway Brian Danielson is now free from him went to AEW which is a big deal AEW been doing super well, CM Punk, and all that kind of stuff. And last, AEW Dynamite, or as of recording this, they put on a 30-minute match, Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega. And these two, to me, are, in mainstream wrestling, the two best wrestlers on the planet right now. And the fact that they would wrestle is a real... I really can't believe this is happening. Like a year ago this would have been impossible. Like Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan main evented WrestleMania. Brian Danielson. The idea that that dude would ever not be a part of WWE anymore is just so fucking crazy. It was surreal. You know, it was surreal watching them come to the ring. It was it was surreal seeing them in the ring together. And before they even touched the entire crowd was going fucking insane like just the energy in this and like brian danielson had this like big smile on his face because he's just he's just like a little wrestling gnome he, he's not a gnome he's probably much <laughs> much bigger than me oh, he's a lumberjack come on he's a, you know he's he's not what you think he's not what you think of when you think of wwe
2: wrestler he's very thin He's kind of, he's got a kind of chunk to him now that I does appreciate. He? Yeah, he, look, he looks okay, good. Okay, well, I, I I guess compared to I mean, other he WWE head. wrestlers, he, he would have been a bit of a pencil. He does not look like someone who is
0: going to appear in a Marvel movie at some point. He looks like a hippie who is really into, like, veganism. And his his special move is called the cattle mutilation. He He's just very, that's who he is, you know. Then across the ring you had Kenny who's just become this ultra heel in the last while. Um Kenny, he's not as he's not he's not styling himself as pretty as he once was and I find that disappointing, but I understand why he does it. I think he's trying to make himself look kind of gross. And what's his new look? I don't uh, if you just if you just type if you just type in Kenny Omega AEW champion, you he kind of has mutton chops. Oh. Which I'm not convinced they can. They can and it, look anyway. It's fine. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, he's got. No, he don't. He don't. He is
2: a beautiful man. Like he
0: really is. He just isn't right this
2: instance. He looks like he'd be in a rock star documentary talking about better days. <laughs>
0: no, he he like he, he's in amazing shape still. Like he, he's still that. It's just he's he's trying to style himself like a dickhead. But anyway, <laughs> it was fucking weird because i was like this can only be a letdown because it, it it's like sometimes you get amazing wrestlers together and it's like they just don't have the chemistry they don't perform the rock and undertaker never had a good match together their energy just did not gel like it just mm. didn't work um and i was really worried that that's what this was be and this is the best wrestling match i have seen in years like i'd say maybe in five years or something like that like wow like not since dominion 2017 have i seen the likes of this it was fucking phenomenal and it was kind of like this story of um basically like brian danielson is like free he's out from like corporate wrestling america And now he can actually go fight someone who is as good as he is. And that's Kenny. But then Kenny, right now, he's like the AEW champion. He's on top of his game. He's the god of pro wrestling. That is his name. And he beat the holy fuck out of Brian Danielson. (laughs) It was disgusting. Like there was a couple of spots in this where like it, it, it had me being like, this is. Did something go wrong there? Like the human body should not, should not go that way. And oh my God, there was this section where Kenny went up to the top of the ramp and just ran, leaped into the air and smashed his entire fucking knee through Brian Daniels' face. And it was one of those moments where I leapt back and I was like, oh, like full on covered my mouth. It was just horrible. But then like through all this, like Kenny is just like punishing him and punishing him. And he can't, like, break, like, Brian Danielson. And it's, like, at the point where I'm, like, is he actually... Like, is this okay? Is this actually working? Or is this actually... Is he actually fucked up? But... The fact that it had me that believing it means the story was that convincing, you know? And then slowly, like, Brian Danielson, he has to raise his level because he's never had to fight at this level before. He could beat everyone at WWE. Now he's in the fucking real killer horror zone with fucking machines like Kenny Omega. <laughs> And he's doing it, and he keeps rising up, and he keeps rising up, and, like, he eventually gets to the point where he's just, like, fighting on even footing with this fucking god of pro wrestling, and it's just beautiful. It is incredible, and it's, like, the level of, like, it's not just that these two are good wrestlers, it's, like, there had to be a level of chemistry and a level of synchronicity that even they wouldn't have known was there until they got into the ring together, and it was phenomenal to see it was just brilliant and the entire thing ends in a 30-minute draw and a lot of people were disappointed in that it was a timeout draw a lot of people were disappointed in that but to me that was the perfect way to end it because for one this wasn't a conclusion. This was the beginning of something bigger, like something else. I don't know that they could ever top this match. Like, realistically, I just don't know that you can do that. I think this was a, just this incredible moment that happened, and I don't know that chasing it is going to lead to anything, even though I can't wait to see them wrestle again. But the big like takeaway from it for me is like this was given away on free television. Like Sweet. this this wasn't a pay-per-view. This was a regular like, Wednesday night episode of wrestling. And it was one of the best things I've ever seen. And I think it is... It is so impossible to watch this match and to not... And to, like, you know, take into account, you know, Kenny Omega or uh, CM Punk and, like, how Britt Baker's doing in the, like, AEW and what she's done for the women's division and not feel like... This really is, like, a new fucking era for wrestling. Like, this... This is something new and different and crazy. And like, this is just off the back of AEW beating Raw in the ratings twice in a row, which is just so insane. And I'm really happy, you know, I'm really, it, it's, it has never been this exciting to be into wrestling and I'm so glad. That's talk.
1: How's Cheryl the Bee Queen doing? Does she still have her belt?
0: I had to dig there, Niamh, and I and I think I've seen what you've done. Okay, look, look, real quick, Riverdale. Cheryl has magical powers now. Um,
2: Yeah, what's that about? There's
0: no ambiguity with it. She just has. I had a line in the Riverdale video that I caught where I was like, at one point, Cheryl casts a magic spell and no one ever speaks of it again. And I'm so glad I took that line out because in last night's episode or the last episode, woman just has magical powers. She she freed Archie from the underground mine collapse that was the result of Hiram Lodge's bomb.
2: Did they? Did they ever explain how those two uh, twin babies flew in the air, floated in the air? You know, never.
0: <laughs> wow. They lead you to believe it's a hallucination, and I think that hallucination is meant to tie into the season three simultaneous seizures that all the women get. That was explained by Cheryl's father's twin brother depositing. His jingle jangle waste in the Riverdale Reservoir. R- jingle jangle is a drug in Riverdale. It's what makes you a zombie.
2: Not to be confused with Fizzle Rocks.
0: Very different drug, Brian. But yes, you're correct.
2: So so it...
0: Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. You can ask more Riverdale questions.
2: Like, is heroin in Riverdale? No! <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. I was just trying to, like... Brian! <laughs> I'd love if someone was just like, got a a new drug in town, it's called heroin.
0: That would have been something they would have done in like season one and two when they would actually try and tackle weighty topics. There's an episode where they try and talk about sexual assault and all I'll say is they fucking fail and I did not want to write a paragraph about that, let me tell you.
2: Way to go, writers. Yeah. This is wrestling, everybody. I have one more thing to talk about. Hit us. So I was at a big country wedding last weekend and that involved four full days of just sitting around. Four days? Yeah, yeah. but uh, approximately four days.
0: I get pissed when I have to go to like a wedding for an afternoon. And then like <laughs> I'm
2: not even happy for the break
0: And room. then my mom will fucking text me and be like, You yeah, you have to pick a get a gift from the get register and it's like, I'm already giving up a fucking afternoon.
2: Sorry, Ryan, go on. Um, so there was parts where I was required to stand and sit and all that Mm -hmm. at the wedding reception and before and after, but there was a lot of waiting around and the TV was on in the background. And I'm not sure if you've been in the situation before or recently where you just, the TV is on and you don't change the channel and you just end up watching something that you didn't know catches your eye. Sure. I'd like to talk about the BBC TV series called Father Brown.
3: Father
1: Brown?
2: Father Brown. It is a period drama made by the BBC. Now, the BBC makes a lot of period dramas. Yeah, like Downtown Abbey. That's ITV. Damn
1: it. How do you know that? Yeah, it's Gentleman Jack BBC.
2: It is. And I would consider that A tier.
1: Yeah, that is definitely A tier.
2: Father Brown, I'd say that's C tier, unfortunately. And this is what they show very early in the morning. And maybe it has its Sunday premiere, but the reruns, they're shown during like like morning daytime uh, you know, 11 a.m. slots. Is mm. it a
1: priest who solves crimes?
2: Yes, it is a Roman Catholic priest. <laughs> Holy shit. It's a Roman Catholic priest called Father Brown takes place in the 1950s, but he's in the UK. But the thing is, because he's a Catholic priest, he's a bit of an outsider in the village. Ooh. And for some, and so this isn't like Angela Lansbury in Murder She Wrote, where she travels from town to town. This is this is the same fucking town, and there's a fucking new murder or a new plot. Something happens every episode, and there's like a hundred of these. And it stars uh, a, a very old man who is a priest, and he. Plays himself aloof and he doesn't really do his priestly duties because he's too busy solving murders.
1: Better use of his time, to be honest.
2: And he has a cane and he's quite a heavy man and he eats a lot. And people mistake him for being someone who's quite silly. He is not. He is razor fucking sharp.
1: Is this a comedy, Brian? No.
2: But I was (laughs) smiling the entire time. Let me tell you. So he has, like, I guess, a Mrs. Doyle. Uh, in that he has an Irish woman uh, who has who emigrated T. to the UK and she's like, I guess, the caretaker of 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 the church and, you know, makes sure he, he he has his dinner and stuff like that. And so she's part of the mystery solving team. There's also in later seasons and this, this is where like it got real confusing for me because at this because apparently the episode I watched was from one of the later seasons because there's a lore to this show. And this there was a young woman in it named Bunty. And her thing was that she is also new to the town, but she's a gymnast. And she is a kind of foil to the other woman because they don't agree with each other because she's like a woman of the future. But then the older woman's like a woman of the past. But Father Brown has to keep both of them from fighting each other.
1: I couldn't do that. It's like uh. Carmilla and Mech and Eve all over again. <laughs> it
2: is. And in the episode I watched, they had gone into... Uh, 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 this, this person's manner because there was a rumour that he had fascist material and they went up to the attic and they found it and he was like that's just there because it was, it was in my father's will to honour it I don't believe in this material but I have to preserve it but Father Brown outsmarts him and by the end when he's about to be uh, like knocked off the, the top of a building Father Brown talks him down gets out of that conundrum father Um,
3: brown should have
1: let him do it
2: (laughs) fucking do it man (laughs) fucking pull the trigger i'm a fucking priest what are you gonna do but Father Brown does not sound like that. Father Brown's like, hello, I'm Father Brown.
1: Who is this for, Brown? Is this for Catholics living in the UK? Or, I think, okay, or I think, is it for like a spicily potted a Protestant that wants to see a bold Catholic? I think it's for
2: old ladies that just want something like real spicy. Want <laughs> this spicier. is like, this is old lady <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, so I'm watching it. So now me and, I, I'll probably ask my granny next time, like, hey, you and me, Father Brown, am I right? <laughs> and like, he keeps, like, he keeps doing the jobs that the actual police and detectives can't do. And then, like, there'll be a point where he, he has to walk away because he's a priest and he's very old and doddery and he, he has a cane. He can't, like, physically attack anyone, even though he did fight in World War I and he has war flashbacks occasionally. Um, Brian, I feel like you absorbed a
0: lot about this show
2: yeah, I only watched two episodes, but like it seems like well, it, you got it. It really explains itself okay. to you, and I kind of—I miss... gu-
0: guess shows like that really have to, don't they? Yeah,
2: I, I do kind of miss that about television, especially like easy watching television. Mm. I'm like I would not sit down and watch this like in any other situation, but um, this, I, this
0: feels like something I would watch like on my parents' floor just one afternoon because I was a kid and I had nothing else to do
2: yeah because like I, I I guess we all have seen Murder She Wrote at some yeah. point in our lives because like how could we not have avoided Murder I, She I Wrote I have actually never seen an episode really Sean! No. Oh,
1: did you so see like Mrs. Bouquet
0: good. no I saw like Relic Hunter oh. remember,
2: remember that which is like fake Tomb Raider starring Tierra Carrera yeah she's great she was fantastic in it she she, she, she was in Wayne's World as well oh Okay. Maximum babage. Yeah, wow. to your career. Where? I are don't you? think
1: it's the same watching maximum babage versus like elderly people shuffle around.
2: Neve, before Niamh.
1: this podcast,
0: we literally had a conversation about hot elderly women.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not Niamh. saying. that. What are you not, trying to say? I'm just saying. Like, you don't, Neve,
0: you don't. You want to know the difference between me and Brian and you? We respect women. When, okay.
1: When you're given examples of TV, you just kind of like watch through osmosis, like just being alive in your parents' house, like. <laughs> The relic hunter isn't really the same. Look how like... fucking
2: hot Father Brown looks.
1: <laughs> oh wow, that is a cast. I gotta say. Yeah.
2: Oh, those look like a bunch of characters. Okay, so you know how on Twitter we'll I'll post a picture two days before the episode drops and mm. it's kind of cryptic. This week's episode, Father Brown. Mm-hmm. Because people need to know, like, this dude's got a fucking stare.
1: Oh holy shit! He looks like the guy from I think you should leave. Wow. Yeah, the, that was like a, the beginning of a sketch that never goes anywhere.
0: I'm trying yeah. to think of other examples, Neve, and I am kind of failing, and you're right, they're all they're all baby
2: related. Okay, okay. so For the Jenny Jones show, I don't know.
1: There's a lot of babage on your TV. I can't help it.
2: So the main actor in this is a guy called Mark Williams, and I'm reading here, apparently Father Brown is a remake of a show from the seventies. Oh what? And that explains a lot of its kind of traditional aesthetic. Because maybe it's someone who enjoyed Father Brown forty years ago And that still... <laughs> still wants more. I'm telling you, we got a hit on our hands. <laughs> People love nostalgia. That's why they want Father Brown back. That's that's mad. That's all I want to talk about on an Irish video game podcast. I I, I have a
0: brief question. Sorry, do you want to say something?
1: Oh, go. I have a brief interjection as well. But you, go okay. First.
0: I got thinking about this during the week, and a part of our conversation just sparked it. How often have you guys been in basements?
1: Uh, not often. We don't have them here. Because yeah, I'm trying
0: to think, have I ever been in one? I
1: the think only maybe basement. like a pub like one or something like that, like 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 a, an actual storage space for yeah. a place.
2: The only basements I've been to is I've been in one or two Georgian buildings that have a ground floor entrance, but then they have the stairs down to like what what would be considered a basement but it they're still like, has like windows it's just the windows yeah. get light from above rather than
3: they're
1: usually flats now like, yeah they they're are. not like a basement basement yeah. like yeah. that's like I, I had a flat in, a, in one of those georgian buildings and like i was above the basement but my neighbor was in the basement so it was just like a fully fledged flat kind of thing they just had a very small little window above the ground oh. you know living and renting in, Arla- in ireland but yeah, oh, yeah. yeah it's like we have attics more than we have Mm. basements
2: absolutely and nobody has a swimming pool in their back garden oh like why the fuck would you want? come on that's a waste what are you doing that's a waste of money that shit like it fucking rains for free here like
0: you know you know you know what what someone would have if they had a swimming pool in their backyard notions oh yeah Mm.
1: just a lot of notions yeah
2: like how dare they how
0: how dare they do this to this town
1: our neighbors uh installed like a very small back garden but they installed a jacuzzi in the whole space of it. Oh my god. Very notions. Yeah, so many notions. And I keep making very awkward eye contact with them. Um,
0: if I was friendly with them before that, <laughs> wouldn't speak to them after.
2: That's that's a fucking disgrace. Yeah.
0: Mhm. <laughs> i hope this deep shame is playing to people (laughs) Uh, sorry what did you want to say yeah
1: oh i was just like is james Wan catholic was like my brain thought because his movies like end up like veering to catholicism super quickly and even in malignant like it was super like um not catholic and then all of a sudden they're like what is the other name for this entity and she's like the devil and then like someone says like god bless you and stuff and i was like this went from no mention to a few mentions, but I just noticed his stuff has like this weird Catholic true line and then I was like, James Wan Catholic question mark?
0: He could either be Catholic or deeply traumatized by Catholicism. <laughs> I mean, That's same thing, right? one and yeah, the same.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it goes. Yeah.
1: <sighs> Maybe he went to a boarding school somewhere. I, Mike I'd Flanagan s- definitely did. Oh
3: yeah.
2: I I I'd, I'd say there's some yeah, so, so somewhere in his up, upbringing it hits
0: You know, you know what hits somewhere in in our upbringing? Strategy
2: talk. Wow, that really doesn't make sense at all, John, but thanks.
0: You know, Brian, a lot of the times I just, I just move my mouth and words come out and that's how I've gotten here. It's like,
2: you know, you know how sometimes we have dinner, but you know what? Strategy talk. (laughs) 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 Because that's something relatable and completely irrelevant. Isn't that right, John? You know what else is irrelevant? Strategy talk.
0: Oh, it's not where I was going, but that's pretty good. Yeah. You know what's
2: irrelevant? What's up, right? You. Uh,
0: that's kind of true, isn't
1: it? Strategy talk.
2: <laughs> We're there, here now. I said it. so. There is one big game. Maybe we leave that to last. Sure. We, we are going to talk about that loop, but we leave it to last. Hmm. Because that way you have to listen to the episodes. Yeah. Because you're going to want to hear thoughts and opinions yeah. on Loop.
0: Or, you know, you can just t- check the timestamp if you want to just skip straight to Death Loop. We're not doing that. We're not going to give you a fucking timestamp. <laughs> <laughs> you to- you're going to fucking sit there and you're going to listen to every goddamn thing we have to say.
2: Oh. Will, will, will I talk about an older game first? Just to... Get everyone really kind of just mm-hmm. bored. Yeah, Brian, why don't you
0: tell us about Ganbari Goemon?
2: Okay, or Metroid Fusion,
0: which, whichever you want, buddy.
2: I'll talk about Ganbari Goemon first. Okay,
0: this is the fourth one. <laughs>
2: this is the fourth Ganbari Goemon. Go for it, Goemon. Uh, <laughs> on the Super Nintendo, I'm playing a fan translation that was done a year ago, approximately. And uh, this, the full title of this game is Ganbari Goemon 4: The Glittering Journey. The reason I became a dancer.
0: God, I love these games. That's a really good subtitle. Yeah.
2: And you know what? The subtitle, The Reason I Became a... Da- they actually explain the reason why a certain character becomes a dancer. Because at... it would nearly be the norm if they didn't. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No, like, Like. that is the final punchline RT beat the boss. Aww. And it's played over the end credits where... I, I, do, you mind, do you mind if I spoil why someone becomes a dancer? I'm sure I've watched Let's Plays of this at some point. Okay, well I guess, the gist of it is, Goemon and friends are in feudal Japan doing their stuff. Goemon's giant robot friend, Impact, turns out to be sentient and an alien and was pretending to be a pilot, pilotable mech but was actually a mech that allowed himself to be controlled. But this Christ. But this time asks Goemon and friends to go into outer space to help his home planish. Long story short, you beat the bad guy who's called Sapukamaru, who's also in the Goemon TV series, uh, which I've seen, and he has four evil radishes, or I guess turnips. Um, but at the very end, you have to play a game of Hot Potato with a planet, where the, mu- where the main villain throws a planet at you, and then Goemon Impact... Grabs the planet and throws it back.
1: Wait, is going on Impact huge? That he can... He's
2: a fucking... He's like a 100 foot tall mech.
1: Why does... Okay.
2: And... Because this game does not have boss battles. It has mini games.
1: Is that... Who is that?
2: That is... Uh, that is Seppuku Maru. Yeah. I
1: like him.
0: And I like his in, abs.
2: Yeah, yeah they, they're cut up. Because oh. he commits Seppuku. Yeah, he does. Um, <laughs> Okay, because, because his whole thing... <laughs> Because his whole thing is that he's the world's greatest sportsman, but the only sport he's never, like, really, like, completed in is seppuku. No, it's oh, okay. And Goemon's like, dude, that's not a sport. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like it's not? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, I've been wasting my whole life! Oh my god! Because that's the humor Ganbari Goemon. But I guess this the This last... sounds like the greatest story ever told, right? Oh, it is. Because at the very end of this game... Goemon Impact has to defeat Sepukumaru by making sure his beam doesn't destroy Earth, and in doing so, Goemon Impact has a giant afro afterwards. And they're like, "Whoa, Impact, you look different. Look at your hair!" And he's like, "Yes." And then it cuts to him dancing, and it's like a sat, Sat Sat Saturday Night Fever, him doing like John Travolta dancing with a big fucking afro. And then it says. The reason I became a dancer. That's, and if it fucking pays that's off. That's brilliant. That's fucking brilliant. Um This is a very good Goemon game, but I think the third one is still my favourite. Yeah. Um This kind of goes back to the original gameplay of the f- first and second game. It doesn't have the kind of Metroidvania style levels anymore. And it's takes about two or three hours to beat, whereas the third one takes about six hours to beat um but considering konami made these games every year from like 1991 to 1994 it's kind of ridiculous what fucking
0: weird games yeah they're so good i it's... keep waiting for fangamer to release
2: that plush yes I haven't... is Give that
1: me... the last one
2: um the next go the next mi- the next mainline goemon game uh is goemon 64 essentially okay. have you played that Brian? uh i have it ready to go for christmas
0: oh uh, I, I like i'm sure that game's aged but that game is so charming like they didn't lose the Goemon in it
2: i have a whole setup ready to go i bought a wireless n 64 controller nice like a good one because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's to do with the news later um and i have a hdmi output ready for my n64 it's, it's going to be a very special it sounds christmas. like you got a plan yeah nice
0: um, speaking of Metroidvanias, I have finally started playing Castlevania Aria of Sorrow. Yes. Yeah, there's so many
2: blank of blank Castlevanias, I always get them mixed up. Um... This is the third, um, Castlevania game on the Game Boy Advance. Yeah. The, they came out in 2001, 2002, and 2003.
0: Yeah, and like, I, I would I would describe myself as a kind of, yeah, Castlevania fan. It's like, yeah, I, I like, I like, um... oh oh my god my brain is so full of castlevania and bloodstained castlevania symphony of the night yes yeah that um that was my favorite castlevania game played up to that point and um this i i would say i liked it i maybe perhaps did not like it as much as a lot of people do but i just i just don't see it as one of the best games ever but i still think it's really cool i think um i think i think I think we should just call them Metroid games or or the or the updated ver- updated term corner scratchers and this is another corner scratcher game.
2: John, I'm going to scratch your corner so hard if you keep saying that. It
0: is it is a corner because you're making your way around the map and you're like, well, I got to check out this corner. It's a corner scratcher, Brian. So
2: Castlevania Aria of Sorrow takes place in the future. In, in the future. In 2035, I think. You play
0: as Soma Cruz, arguably the dreamiest Castlevania protagonist. Soma Cruz is so
2: fucking cool. Yeah, he's so cool. And, and, and he's in Japan and he goes to a shrine, but it opens up a portal to Transylvania. Yeah. And he's like, I'm in Dracula's castle.
0: And what I would say about this game is that I think visually it doesn't have like as strong a presentation as Symphony of the Night. And I think because of that and like the music, the music in this game is really good. I love the music so much. I just don't think it's as good as Symphony of the Night. Well, no, it's not. Because of those two reasons, I don't think the atmosphere in this game is as strong as Symphony of the Night. And other than that, I think this is like a much better game. I think this game is fucking awesome. It's so much fun to play. Yeah. Um, I, and what, what I really love about it is like, with Symphony of the Night, they had all this stuff. Like you had powers, but you had to do like street fighter motions to use them. And I don't, I, I just could never get them working right. There was but, so much wave dashing. Yeah. Um, but with this, it's like you kill enemies and then you have a chance of like absorbing their powers. And you're getting like, dozens of powers yep. like but you have so many of them and the bosses are so weird and creative like the headhunter yeah. it's like you go into this room and you're just all of a sudden fighting this gigantic victorian woman um and she's really tall and scary but then her head comes off and her shelf which is full of heads from that an old man's head floats out and lands on her and then and then you kill that head and then an alien's head floats on it's fucked up but um not really too much to say about it it's like one of those games where like i was playing it and i was like oh this is as good as everyone says it is you know i just think it's really great and um, the visuals are like a little a little sparse because this was a game boy advance game
2: like soma is tiny he's really tiny it's and, like, just like a little stick man with a coat
0: yeah but um i still think despite that they got a lot of personality like out of all the villains and stuff like um some of the enemies are so fucking goofy. Like there's there's uh there's a skeleton waiter who throws pork chops at you. There's a there's a maid who just does karate.
2: Did you get that power up where where you shoot out cats? I love that one. And it's so good. There's this one where you summon like big black cats and they're like half the size of a human. So like they're like fucking panthers yeah. coming out.
0: And it like you do summon them, but it does look like he's just taking them out from his coat and fucking them across the room. <laughs> and they go, Meow. Yep. And um, then later you can do that with crows. Yes. And it's, it's just a great game. Like I'm, I, I there's a lot of really, really good stuff out at the moment, and like I'm in real game of the year mode. I am trying to play everything, or at least give everything a fair shot. And like it's stressful. I can't stop playing this game. I love it. I I think it's it's just it is. I understand why people love these games so much. And what's the, is it the prequel to this? Harmony of Dissonance?
2: Um, The other
0: Game Boy Advance Castlevania game.
2: Okay, so there's three of them. And I think Harmony of Dissonance was the previous one. Yeah. Um, And these two games came together on a double pack, which was pretty neat because I own that. Mm. Uh, I do like Harmony is kind of like, it's like Symphony of the Night in terms of like the story beat for beat and a lot of the, kind of, like, boss fights are sort of the same. Right. The first one, which was Circle of the Moon, that wasn't... I don't think that was a launch title for the Game Boy Advance, but it came out the summer of the Game Boy Advance. I think
0: I remember that, yeah.
2: And uh, Circle of the Moon is okay, but it has this stupid mechanic that makes sense in a roguelike, but doesn't make sense in, a like, a save, saveable map game where um, you still like inherit like different abilities but it's randomized so you can have a good run or a shit run right but that doesn't really make sense in a in in a non-random game and that's not the case in aria of sorrow no at at that point it's 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 definitely the most refined of them right right okay
0: but yeah i'm I'm having a really really good time with it neve is this the yoko taro card game
1: yes it is
2: yeah okay i've
0: been so curious about this I, I saw
2: this and i went do you know what neil will take care of this
1: it's true it was the hypest drop from the nintendo <laughs> this game direct yeah this oh for God. me i was just like oh yeah not curvy cards
0: i mean, the Kirby game looked great <laughs>
2: come on yeah he's got his little little wasteland i
1: felt happy for you thanks it's like brian is screaming somewhere
2: i was i got in a lot of trouble
1: listen to it's the wedding, title right? of yeah. this of this game voice of cards the isle dragon roars
2: fantastic
1: not the isle of dragon roars just the isle dragon roars. that's not what he said neve yeah so this is like a card game and the demo that they um gave you for it it comes out i think october 28th so it's It's coming soon, Mm -hmm. um, but the demo they give you is a prequel to the story, so it's kind of a uh, standalone little bit, which I think is cool, and it is all cards, like every single aspect is cards. Your character art is on cards, and you have three characters of the White Order, like um, a tank, a magic user, and kind of another magic user, and the entire world map is just cards that are flipped, and as you walk you they flip over by three cards and you can see if like the terrain is like like if it has trees on it it's like a wooded terrain and stuff like that but the entire towns are just cards that flip the 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 inventory screen is a card just everything you can equip are cards (laughs) the 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 armory is a card
0: sounding a little unhinged now
1: it's just everything is cards (laughs) like uh, my girlfriend's like i can't wait to uh, see it and i was like it's it's literally cards and she's like oh it is it's just cards so it, like it has a very distinctive visual look to it that i appreciate because a lot of the artwork is really nice on it and um it is narrated by one single voice and i put it on and sometimes i play games like this and i like to listen to a podcast but the narrator was just like Sound design is very important to this game, so you should turn up your volume. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. game. Fine. Yes, sir. So it has been narrated. So every kind of conversation someone has this narration voice fills you in. There has been no character voices. What's the voice like? It's good. It's like a good narrator man voice, kind of old, you know, commanding, easy to listen to. It's a good. Um, and the sound design is good. I'm curious to see what it's about, because it looks like they could have a lot of room for cool storytelling within it, because there is some... It's literally cards humour. Like, if you tried to go too far in the map, he was just like, I haven't wrote those cards yet. And when you have a battle system, uh, Battle? They take a, like, dice rolling tray, and they put it on top of your cards on the map, and you have, like, some dice and...
2: I, I I do really like that the aesthetic of the game because I, I in in the trailer it is practical mm. pieces of paper on a table.
1: Yep, uh, here's a wooden tray that you roll in. You can play a card game within this game, which is quite oh, fun.
2: This is
0: this whew, this sound, this is fun, but I'm gonna need to sit on that.
1: I really like this card game. I was playing a lot of it. It was like it's basically a matching game.
0: You're talking about the card game within the card the game. The card
1: game within the card game. Really fun. I think you could just play a lot of that. It's like it's like a Final Fantasy 8 card game or You've Gwent or some something. Got
0: some triple triads on our hands here.
1: Yeah, it's like it's a match game, but you can also have like different cards of spells, and you can, you know, just randomness of it. Pretty fun. I'm I'm curious to see if this will get Yoko Taro Taro E. You know the pre the the story I've played so far is pretty basic, except for a fisherman I was going to meet was extremely sexy and wearing a very small little cod piece oh, yeah. in the mm-hmm. illustration, and I was just like, "Well, that's certainly the most unusual thing that has happened." Um, let's see what what's in store because if they drew that card, I'm sure they've drawn others.
2: Do you think like it's not going to break the fourth wall, but do you think it's going to like scale ba- scale out further? and reveal something i
1: feel like it could like i feel like they're willing to have fun with the fact that this is all playing out very in a very analog way i mean what is a
0: card game it's yoko Taro, so like i wouldn't be surprised if at like halfway through this game it pulls out and it's two kids playing the card game and then they have to go to school and that now that's
2: the story and at one point you have to get all your cards and put them through a paper shredder (laughs) 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 he'd love that
1: um the artwork on everything is lovely like the monster design on the monster cards are cool you have like different sword cards for your equipment you've spell cards like if you like that illustration style there is a lot of it um but yeah i'm looking forward this is something i will definitely pick up I'm gonna
0: check out the demo I, i'm having so much fucking trouble just playing everything at the moment i, feel I know like there's so much shit out and yep. some like we still have metroid dread and shin megami tensei 5 to come out as well mm-hmm. oh my god we, but I guess I guess I guess, there are good games happening and and that's fun. Neve, that sounds really cool. Um, I played some Scarlet Hollow. What this? Uh, what yeah, this? Never heard of it. Neve, you have sent me this game.
3: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Um, so this is a. I'm gonna say like. Somewhere between like a visual novel and point and click adventure, a lot of you Xing through character artwork. And the character artwork, I did not check, but I think this is by some well known illustrator because it's beautiful. It's really, really gorgeous artwork and not what you'd expect from like a visual novel artwork, not anime y in the slightest, feels much more like a kind of like indie, like Western comic. And it works beautifully. Like there's some characters in this where I'm like, I want to get to know what you're about because you look amazing. And um, it starts off and you're on a bus and the first thing that happens is like you look over and there's this guy sitting beside you and it's such a perfect drawing of I would not want to sit next to this dude on a bus Like, if this guy started talking to me, I'd be so annoyed. Like, that was the feeling I was filled with. And then I was like, oh, no, I think he kind of looks like me. And I I feel like that adds up. (laughs) And, um, but then, like, you get to town and basically the story that you put together so far is that your aunt has died and your mother has sent you to assist your cousin who fucking hates you with the funeral And she's so passive-aggressive and weird. And there's this one drawing where she gives you, like, a fake smile. And it's such a good fake smile. Like, you can just see her seething. And it's great. Like, I think the artwork really does a lot. I'm not sure how, like, flexible the story is. Because right now, it feels like I am choosing my own path through this. But I think that good writing can sometimes, like make you feel like that's happening when it's not happening so I don't really know how like strong that is but basically um I met up with a girl and we went into the surrounding woods and we found some spooky goings on there and we're trying to figure out what that was about at the moment um this is the kind of horror for people who want to dip their toe into horror. Like, you know, some people are just like really super sensitive to horror, just like very nervous to it. This is the kind of game where I think nearly anyone could play it and you could be fine. Like there's nearly a kind of young adult slant to it, you know what I mean? And like not it it doesn't feel like a game designed for kids or anything. It just I think like it this is a this is more buffy than like mm. something that's going to shred your brain.
1: Dude, I did not send you this game. Really? What game did you send me? I sent you another black and white horror game that came out in June.
0: Fuck! <laughs> yeah. Okay, because I... More games s- for John. I saw this on... Um, I saw this on, I think, a Kotaku list as well. Uh, and I was like, that's the game that news sent me. No. Sorry about that, news But... This game, it's this is a cute horror game, and I am having a good time with it. Like, it's I wouldn't say it's like blowing my mind or anything, but it looks great, the music's great, and it's got a great atmosphere. And it's kind of like this is a nice Sunday afternoon slice of horror. Now I gotta go play that other game. They just they keep mounting up.
1: I know. Mm. The one I recommended was Critters for Sale, and it's like less of a game and more of like an art project kind of thing.
0: I don't know. Fuck it, I'll play it. I got a, I got a spooky stuff list to write, Neve he does Um, brian yeah metroid fusion uh making its third appearance on the let's fight a boss excellent
2: in anticipation of metroid dread i've been replaying uh the previous four metroid games Uh, i decided to skip the first two because i played them last year so i played through super metroid in the spring and it's fine it's a great game but it, it has aged unfortunately Metroid Fusion, which is one of my favorite games ever made. It's been a couple years since I played it. I was kind of worried going in, was it going to show its age? Game's tight as fuck. Still nice. Still going. Um, The plan was to play this over a couple weekends or a couple different sessions. So I I played the first kind of opening act of it on uh, on a Saturday night, um, like around 1 a.m. And then on Sunday, I end up beating the whole thing. Wow. In two hours. Because you just know it that well. There's this one part of the game where you can get really, like, stuck. And it's this one section of the game where, okay, so you're Samus and you're in, on this, like, weird space zoo with alien animals. And each section of the space station has a different, like, biosphere, I guess, or like like a different, like element to it so i'm in the aquatic area and when you're in the aquatic area it's very easy to get lost because you need to go off the beaten track and the only way you know to do it is because the camera is meant to kind of adjust slightly to tell you look upwards and go there and sometimes the game does it and sometimes it doesn't but you either have to remember to do it or have that click or else you brute force and you have to read a guide but fortunately for me, that bit worked out. That's like the only awkward bit of the game I find. Um, but yeah, it was... Still got it. I love that game. And at the end, she says, fuck you to the government. And she's a rogue bounty hunter. And that sets up the the, the beginning of Metroid Dread, where she's a wanted criminal now. <gasps> and she's on... And I, I, I can't wait to see what happens next. But it has some really, really nice portrait art in this game that Nintendo, in their pre-release of metroid dread have actually published again but in high res
0: oh cool so it's
2: really cool that they have this artwork like in their archives and it was compressed for the game boy advance but the original artwork was either or well it feels like original or maybe it was redrawn but it's cool to see it in hd um uh, samus in her uh, fusion suit which is kind of a very like aquatic amphibian style suit that's very very different to yeah it's way like, less bulky yeah it's way less yeah and it's more kind of like a wetsuit i guess mm-hmm. and uh then it's cool that they still reuse the classic sanus design because her various suit has been like taken over by a parasitic zombie that hunts her and there's multiple versions of it um but all of those are very much staged events that you know how to kind of navigate through it's not like uh i guess a more like contemporary game where they have the complex AI. It's nothing like that, unfortunately. But the game does a very good job at kind of using its smoke and mirrors effectively to convince you that there's a lot more to it.
1: I have a question about Samus. Yes. So you know the way like Master Chief is kind of like a giant baby? Um, Yes. Like emotionally, and just like a baby murder machine. Yeah, uh, is is that Samus's deal? Did she have a nice childhood? Is she a child super soldier as well? Like, no,
2: she she, she was had a really raised bad. by wise,
0: wise wise
2: aliens. Um, when she was a child, uh, her space station was attacked, or maybe it was like her spaceship was attacked by space pirates in Ridley, and her parents were killed, and then she was raised by uh, like an ancient alien race called the Chozo. Oh, and they gave her her suit. So she's wearing like ancient alien technology. And so she's a soldier at the beginning that she's like a mercenary for hire. But she just dresses in like a weird outfit compared to others. And people just kind of know like, oh, that's Samus. That's what she wears.
1: That's Samus. Her dad is the big alien. Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
2: And um, she's kind of an outsider. She doesn't really care much for the human race. She really likes the Chozo, but they're kind of like forgotten to time now and she's very much kind of going she's like her thing is she likes going to planets out in the middle of nowhere and figuring out what's going on there so it's an honest living yeah, yeah. there's there's other games that aren't part of the main line where they try to make her way more maternal than she needs to be those are fucking cringe uh less of that uh but it seems with- i
0: believe ninja theory or team ninja would uh book up game, but yeah. <laughs> who, <knew? There's
2: laughs> who? Who knew? Who I mean, how uh but any of the stuff with Metroid Dread and any of the interviews with the studio, the Spanish studio that are making it, they've been like, no, no, uh, we know what works for Samus and we know what doesn't work, and uh, rest assured, we're making a game that we would like to see. The dread seems awesome. I yeah. was
0: reading some of the like impressions of the first hour. Sounds rad.
2: Yeah, um, I'm very curious to see what a Metroidvania or a what what did you call it a corner scratcher.
0: Yeah, well, that's not what I, that's not what I call it. That's just an internet. That's a term on the internet that's catching fire.
2: Uh, search action is the correct term. Uh, search action even, that doesn't even make sense. You search and there's... how do you search action? It's a corner scratcher,
0: Brian. I'm just not going to talk. Okay, I think that's best for everyone. Uh, Brian, that sounds great. I <laughs> <laughs> he's like does it <laughs> um, guys I've been playing Lost Judgments okay third time's a charm John third time's a charm so I think the most heat I have ever gotten on this podcast yeah. is for my opinions on particularly Yakuza 7 and just my general belief that the team Yakuza have been on a downward slide since since six finished six six is great everything after that and so i do want to try and like phrase this a little more carefully because like i'm genuinely not like you know i don't actually want to piss people off or anything and like i get that people do take my opinion seriously the and last that. time
2: you called it a stupid game for stupid babies
0: <laughs> and the last time you know i may have said a few things that went a little overboard so i guess like to start off with this, I'd say Lost Judgment
2: is another fucking shitty game from Team Yakuza.
0: <gasps> is it?
2: Not nah, okay. Um <laughs> I'm I'm watching Rebecca play it and it's it seems like more of the same. It it she 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 was doing a bit where you had to climb a bunch of ledges to get in through like a vent or something. Yeah, I did that part. And bit. the controls were awkward as fuck.
0: I I have played other games with very similar controls to that bit.
2: Yeah, because I was watching it and I was like, "Oh, this is like a shit Uncharted." Yeah, <laughs> or just an Uncharted. <laughs> um, it's it's got a really cool opening title screen with Tack, and there's a little little kitten staring at him. Yeah, gutter. that's
0: awesome. But um, like the reasons I disliked Judgment and the reasons I disliked um, Yakuza seven were very very different, and with Judgment, I just felt like that game felt. Half finished. Like, I felt so many of the activities in it felt really shitty. I thought that, um, I thought that, like, tailing people felt bad. I thought the fighting felt awful. I thought, like, climbing into places felt really not great and I actually did like tack and I, I I the story was like okay from what I played but I only got five or six hours in and I was like you know what like there's so much other shit I want to play more than this and so I dropped it and the biggest thing with this game is it feels way more polished um especially in the combat combat feels like good again there's a really nice flow to it a lot of the animations feel really like chunky and like you're really really hitting someone I I also think that there's, like, a lot more mechanics gone into, like, um, like, basically, like, sneaking or into buildings and stuff like that and, like, tailing someone. Like, there's a lot of shit now where there's a lot of little things you can do, like, take out your phone. It's like you're, you're following someone and you can take out your phone and that drains like you're, like, just chilling meter because you can look like you're just chilling for a second. But if you do that too much, the person you're tailing is gonna be like, wait a minute. And everything just feels better. Like this feels much more like the kind of the reasons I like Yakuza. And even in like the cutscenes, a lot of the um cutscenes in Judgment were Yakuza does this weird thing where it has like this basically tiered cutscene system so for regular old like side quests you're just going to get like text boxes then for slightly more important cutscenes you're going to get in-engine cutscenes and then for the like big dramatic cutscenes is when you're going to get actually get rendered cutscenes that have like depth of field and special lighting and maybe they switch out some of the models for the high fidelity models and like I love Yakuza for those moments and Judge like Lost Judgment on PS5 really feel like feels like it kind of bridges that gap really well because it just always looks great. Everything always runs at sixty frames per second. It just it feels, it feels like an expensive game and it feels like a good game. And I don't think Yakuza felt like that for a couple of games. And it's it's really cool to see that back. I'm only like maybe two hours into it, and so I really don't think I can really speak to like the overall quality. Maybe I'll say on it or maybe I won't, but. So far, I had problems with the original judgment and it feels like they've kind of alleviated a lot of them and that feels good. Okay.
2: Your favorite game ever made?
0: Ten out of ten game of the year.
1: Did they did they make his like <laughs> his flat ass less flat?
2: I want some chub on that rump.
0: I d- yeah. I don't
2: it. know because I'm always
0: looking at his partner.
2: Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. That
0: dude has some fucking titties.
2: <laughs> His yeah, I, I I love his torso. The, the the shirts he wears.
0: Oh
1: is this Kaito? Is that his name? Yep. Yeah.
2: yeah. He's a fun guy.
0: Do you know what he is?
2: Dreambo. That dude's cool. a steak dinner.
0: Yeah. Uh real quick, the more Fata Morgana update. Take it out of the anime zone. It's okay. It's not that it's it's fine. There there was a moment there where things got a little spooky. That was just a spooky moment, false alarm uh you
2: are off that list
0: you were off that list might have to put it back into the anime zone depending on where it goes but so far it's a very creepy spooky victorian time my god there's a lot of text in that game but thankfully it's pretty good i'm looking forward to playing more brian we've both been playing
2: eastward yes i I am approximately 10 hours into eastward Mm you you're you're about one or two hours
0: i am two hours in I, i after two hours i hit the title screen
2: Yes, uh, you you uh, you uh, play a prologue, and the prologue really sets it, itself. It up. sure goes. Yes, um, this is uh, an independent game that's out on the PC and Switch, and I can't remember the names of the devs who make this. This
1: oh. looks like Pixel Last of Us.
2: Yes, okay, it's it's made by Pixpill, and it's a top-down, two uh, D sprite game. Uh, Playstyle is somewhere between the Mother series, kind of visually, and in terms of its kind of dialogue, and then the gameplay would be sort of like real-time Legend of Zelda hyper. It's a Light Zelda M up. Yeah, it's a Zelda M.
0: Zelda M up, Brian. M up. That's the that's the correct name of the genre.
2: Okay. Like an action game. Um, it is very much The Last of Us in that you have two protagonists. You have Sam. The little girl and then you have John the proxy dad and they are in a uh, apocalyptic post-apocalyptic future where a new civilization has sort of kind of established itself and they are making their way eastward hence the oh. name some stuff goes down in the village they're both kind of treated as outsiders uh they upset the villagers they get cast out but that mayor he's a piece of work that mayor is so mean to them they get cast out of the village but at the same time they take that as an opportunity to leave the village because they both want to leave the village or at least sam who does all the talking because john the dad character does not talk at all and his whole thing is that he's a stoic sad old man with a frying pan then, you
1: know there's going to be like this really emotional moment oh yeah. where he finally says his first words and it'll either be like, I love you or I'm sorry or I wasn't good enough or something like self-deprecating or like extremely like, like, oh, he broke just
0: to say that.
2: <laughs> I, I bet the devs had a really, really impactful meeting about that and you just dragged it out like a trope. Yeah. <laughs> because it is. You know, making video games is hard, neve It is! <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, I think this game visually is a 10 out of 10 it looks absolutely amazing oh my
0: like like i feel like the shit they do with like you know stuff that has been done before but like the wreckage of that town and how everyone has like embedded like either a train car or a car or a bus in like the stone of the walls and like have built their little home in
2: those stones yeah
0: like I- i've seen that shit but it's real nice here
2: yeah um as well, it does a neat trick where it does a lot of, uh, like, uh, pixel animation with a, like, tilt to it, mm. so characters kind of rock on a rotation, mm. which is really nice, but they'll kind of swap between, like, you know, a zigzag on, on, on the on, 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 on the look of it, and... Um, it's kind of hard to describe, like like it really feels like an SNK, Metal Slug kind of game sometimes in places. Yeah, like the, the animation and the
0: fidelity is just that high.
2: Yeah, and, and the music is super good as well. There's a huge soundtrack and it kind of rotates through a lot of like different jingles for different characters. Uh, the gameplay is good. Um, yep. You know when you're meant to be kind of fighting because you'll enter an area and it's essentially like a dungeon, but it's, you know, an outdoor environment or it might be like a, a network of tunnels, but you're like, okay, this is a dungeon because John now has his frying pan out and when he when he's not in that stance, he just has his hands in his pockets so you know that shit's going down. It has a fun uh, cooking mechanic similar to Breath of the Wild where you get different ingredients and you, cut and you try different combinations to make different kinds of food because the game does get very, very tough later on. Um, it's like Mother Tree... Closest in the sense that it's an incredibly linear game and it's chapter based and there are multiple points of no return. It's not a game where you can go back and look at an area that you missed hmm. because once you've missed it, that's it, you're not going back. So if you want to see everything in this game, you have to just like make sure to not like like cue a cutscene that advances the game without your permission. Don't cross that invisible line. Yeah um my one gripe with it is that the characters in this game talk so fucking much yeah they won't shut the fuck up
3: about what
2: about anything (laughs) and like and like the dialogue is cute and charming um it's not as introspective as i thought it'd be but i'm sure it will later and like the characters do have a personality but it's got like that persona 5 syndrome where characters are talking about the same thing over and over just using different words and a different sentence structure but the but the point that they're trying to make they make it five times
0: yeah like i i I have found that a lot like it's kind of already at the point for me where i don't want to talk to the npcs because i spend so much time listening to talking and like I don't think the dialogue's bad. Like, I don't think it's it's amazing or anything, but, like, it's not bad. But like, it
2: keeps sandbagging you yeah. with the, like, because you want to get on with the game.
0: Yeah, and it's tricky. I really want to like this game because the look of it is just so beautiful. Like, it, I, I love how it looks. But I, I feel like my biggest problem with it, and, like, maybe you can shed some light on this, Brian, is, like, um. I can feel that these guys love... Mother three, I can feel that these oh, yeah. guys love Earthbound and Undertale and Last of Us and Legend of Zelda and all this kind of stuff. I can feel like these guys have done an incredible job making a homage to those games. But my concern is that like I'm gonna get to the end of this game, and apparently it's like a 35-hour game, mm. and, uh, <laughs> and I don't know that they'll have done or said anything unique or their own.
2: No, and that's it, it, it... that's bumming me out it really feels like it's just borrowing or relying on like yeah the earthbound series and the last of us yeah for its kind of emotional beats and relationship dynamics
0: yeah because like i I feel like you know especially with kind of like top-down pixel games there's some wild shit that's coming that come out in the last while like you know you think of stuff like least the painful and like, I know it's not top down, but not everything has to be Lisa. Not everything has to be that. But I'm kind of, for a game with such a strong atmosphere, look and sound, I still find myself kind of being like, what's the identity of this game? Like, yeah. what what is this game about? Like, what is it trying to say? And I just don't know that a a, a really well, a really nicely made pixel game cuts it. Yeah. you know
2: there was one moment uh that kind of caught my attention where you go into a lab and they're growing humans that's interesting and i was like here we fucking go and they kind of show you that and then you have to walk by it and then get to the next part of the game and it seems like that's going to come back in a couple of different ways and the main character sam occasionally she'll split in two and there's like a blue sam and a red sam
1: oh she's totally a clone
2: yeah or she's some sort of like original clone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's probably the protagonist and the antagonist. But like, I don't know, it 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 really feels like and because this game makes you fucking stop playing the game and read the dialogue and like taking the and like the, the cutscenes are fine, it's just I wish you could like auto-advance it. And like I I I've got the dialogue set to the fastest speed. Yeah. But what it does is it ends up showing you its hand. And so you just start kind of spoiling the game by guessing what's going to happen next. Yeah. Because it's not holding your attention.
0: It, it, it's it's nearly like a difficult game to talk about because there's a, like the ingredients are great. Yeah. Like it, they're so good. Like so much talent went into this game. But I, I just question like, I don't know, what's what's like the heart of it? You know, like what are, why does this game exist?
2: Yeah. I don't know. Like to me, it feels like you're having like the most amazing dinner ever you're sitting across from someone who's kind of being annoying and they won't shut up (laughs) and you're like occasionally they'll say something and you're like no no yeah yeah you're right but then they'll just sort of like backpedal and annoy you again
0: yeah i really want to like it like i would love i'd love if we got to the end of this game we're like whoa there's some fucking shit here but like I'm not sure I have the confidence that that's going to happen.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm going to try and beat this game. I'm. I'm determined to play it now because I'm in. And I, at the moment, I'm in Chapter Three, and I've been on Chapter Three for five hours. I think if anybody who has played this game and has gotten to Chapter Three, they know what I'm talking about. Mm. It's just this game really doesn't want you to play it sometimes. Yeah, but it. I really want to keep playing it because the visuals are so good. Yeah,
0: I want it to be great. I really do. Yeah. But we'll see. I'm like I'm i I'm, I'm for sure gonna play more and maybe I'll kind of turn a corner on it, but yeah, we'll see. Neve.
2: Here we fucking go. Here we fucking go. Let's talk about Deathloop.
1: Am I the only one who played it? Who's no, played it? I you played, played it, played
2: it? I've, I've not. I'll, I'll I'll get a loan of it later, please. I just want to have a go off it.
1: I will give it to you. Thank you. Um Deathloop is Arcane of Dishonored and Prey Fame's newest roguelike No, no.
2: Time reset. First person. Shooter. I, I. I don't. First person shooter. That's as much, that's as, much <laughs> as I can
1: describe this game. You it's got your guns. Shooter.
0: You fuck. It. That's yeah.
1: Um, immersive sim. First person shooter ish.
2: Clockwork game.
1: Yeah, mm, it does feel like.
0: It's a TikToker.
1: Yeah, it's it's the fourth loop game of this year. Yeah. Oh wow um so i guess that's the defining characteristic of games in 2021 mm-hmm. is it's like very relatable. break the loop for four, four to
0: seven years ago a bunch of game developers all attended one particular gdc talk and was like wait a
3: minute mm-hmm.
1: so the premise of debt loop is you play as colt um who is an adult man
0: he is she's right it's it's it's
2: absolutely confirmed that those two facts are correct like we
0: can confirm that there is not a twist in this game where you look in the mirror and you're a baby
1: that would be really good no he's
2: he's legally an adult man
1: um what have i done (laughs) the only reason i say that is like there's no children in this game which i really really like every character in this is like a real like burnout adult who thinks they're the best but they're not
2: yeah um they're the children
1: but colt wakes up on a beach and he has no memory of why he's there and he's trying to piece things together very quickly he gets a uh buzz on his radio from juliana who's um an adult woman (laughs) just gonna describe people also not
0: a baby although she does have an ability to transform into other people she could
1: probably transform into a baby yeah juliana is exceptionally mean to cult like so much so that the first few lines i got from her i was like oh
0: <gasps> juliana fucking rules
1: <laughs> she's great it's like but it's so mean like and i knew their relationship was going to be this antagonistic like um like the spider trying to catch the fly kind of thing consistently but like man they go in on each other in the,
0: I, I thought i think from what i'd seen in pre-release stuff i thought juliana was going to be a lot more serious mm. but she's so playful and yeah. fun
1: yeah she's really um she brings a lot of humor to everything but so does Colt. and i oh, think
0: and like both their voice actors are just like killing it
1: the voice acting in this is so good that when you hear like collectible tapes from the other characters they're visionaries um i just i can't wait to meet them like there's so much personality gone into the va already like colt's voice actor is so fantastic and just brings an emotional range to like video game voice acting that you don't really see like it's
0: i immediately felt sorry for him and also thought he was hilarious
1: yes um it brings a lot of him forward but colt is trying to figure out why he's on this island why he can die and wake up on the beach again and why he can kill people and they appear back again and it's basically called putting together the story of the loop and everything feeds back into that how the the mission structure how you select things how you play things it, it is
0: kind of like i think you're right it is actually kind of roguelikey like yeah it's when you pull back and look at the loop of this game yeah it, it does kind of have that
1: I guess kind of Returnal is like that as well. Yeah, There's a lot of this this year.
0: It's mm. weird. I, 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 I think this is a very like complicated game to get your head around. Like yeah. it is so... Like I, I think I'm about five or six hours in and I still feel like I'm learning new mechanics and new concepts. Like I haven't even gotten all the powers yet.
1: Yeah. I feel like they have to really drip feed stuff for you because they're trying to get across a story to you but also like okay here's the guns um okay here is your powers okay here is this type of thing you can find in the world called residium so like a roguelike after you after Colt ends a day and the day is split into four times morning midday afternoon and night after you reach the end of that day you're brought back to the beach and you go through it again and you can pick multiple locations at different points of the day and different things will be happening. So if I go to one location and a building is burnt down but I needed the information in that building, I can go back in the morning to that building before it was set on fire and explore it then. Or if I am going to try and take out a visionary but they keep setting off a reactor, and blow me up when i do it i can go at a different point of the day find schematics for the reactor and turn it off before it reaches that point so you can kind of sabotage stuff that will trip you up along the way but the only way you know to do that is to do the loops multiple times and explore the different areas multiple times so you can start to put together a playboy play by play just a
2: playboy just a playboy You've got a groundhog date
1: yeah you get a groundhog day and like colt starts to rem- starts remembering stuff and it turns out that colt and juliana are the only two people on the island remembering that they're in a loop
0: yeah you, you get some really i, d- I don't know if i describe it as like horror but like there's this bit where like you're listening to a scientist talk and she's just making the breakthrough that her like memory keeps cycling and that basically she's made this breakthrough like she doesn't know how many times and she's like oh Damn it! Yeah, <laughs> it's,
2: it's so. So the characters are in a time loop, but at this point, they're in the middle of, of a many a time loop. So, like, the story starts in the middle. You don't know
0: yeah. how long this has been going yeah. on, but Juliana sounds like Juliana sounds like this is not the first time you've become like I don't know self aware. Yeah, but at and this so, point, yeah.
2: So, so the story's establishing a foundation from there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So. The premise is, as Colt, you are trying to find... You find out the way to end the loop is to kill all the visionaries on the island. And there's eight different visionaries.
2: And they're all targets.
1: And they're all targets. And Juliana does not want you to break the loop. She wants to keep the loop intact. So she becomes this kind of um, persistent enemy who will spawn at different times and can sometimes if you have your if you have your game set to just like open it can be another player spawns in and just like will decimate you and this is like you know it's an arcane game you might be stealthing around with your nail gun like getting like perfect headshots and not like like setting alarms and then all of a sudden a player as juliana will just fucking ruin your day (laughs) just come and
0: destroy you I had such a tense run today. Where like I'm not great at shooters, so like I went and I took out a Visionary, and like I had like half a health bar left, no lives. You basically have, you 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 have lives, I guess, mm. in this um, and. I was like, I'd say 50 or 60 meters from the point, And then Juliana entered the map and I was like, oh, like it was, it was so tense.
1: You start sweating because like when Juliana enters the map as well, the way Colt gets out of each level is he goes down into the sewers and exits through the tu- through the tunnels. When Juliana appears, those doors get locked and you have to find a, like basically a radar to, and destroy that which is usually heavily guarded so you have someone chasing you and you have to go and clear out an area to try and open up your exit Mm. Uh, which the pressure is on and if you do not like that there was one time when i was really like "Ah." i had a goal in mind where i wanted to find out information to get two visionaries into one time period with each other so i could take out two on one quarter of the day um because it's the only way you're going to get eight in one go and i was like working towards it and like another player came in and they were like a very seasoned juliana and just put me out of my misery like instantly yeah
0: i I have friends only so only you and steph can come kill me
1: i tried to come kill you and i was (gasps) on your map and then it was like um you fell into water (laughs) and died nice work you fucking crushed him i was just like i'll find him and then it's just like colt has died in the water (laughs) and i was just like (laughs) oh "Oh, i didn't know that
0: was you that's crazy
1: yeah um, the stuff with the Juliana I'll be playing a lot invasion. Over the okay, cool. The stuff with the invasion stuff is Juliana can only invade when there's a visionary on the map, and only can invade in the first five minutes of you entering a map. So, say if you're like 20 minutes on a map and you're having a great time, you won't get a player That's Juliana. No, although That's fair. no,
0: it wasn't a player Juliana with the story. I just, it was like a computer. Juliana. You'll get an AI yeah.
1: Juliana to complete the story, and that Juliana is like
0: she was kind of stupid she's kind of stupid but the enemies yeah. in this yeah. are kind of stupid yeah and I I don't hate that yeah it probably helps it's there's there's a kind of there's like an arcadey time splitters feel to this that I actually really like mhm
2: so they're just like fodder
0: these are a lot of them are like they will kill you like if there's enough of them and you make bad decisions they'll kill like you you do not take a lot of damage before you die but um some of them do have kind of like they're kind of bowling pins
1: it kind of like it feeds into the narrative because like Arcane can do really good AI so a lot of people have been like oh maybe it's just shitty AI I don't think they're doing shitty AI you know like I think this is very on purpose where you can blow up an area you can lose stealth and just like everyone will start running at you but the people behind a door will not have heard it you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. And so I like that. Yeah. So because, you can re-enter stealth. Because
0: like, like, like conceptually, I love the idea that you have one shot to make your way in. But like in practice, I can think of all the times that I'm playing a stealth game, and I'm like, oh, fuck, here we, here yeah. we go. And now it's like, you know, yeah. I've they, like lost. They have stealth, to
2: make accommodations yeah. because people need it. Yeah. They, it's 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 got to be streamlined somehow.
1: It's definitely the easiest arcane game to get into, I think.
2: That's probably done on purpose as well to get a wider audience. I assume. Yeah. Because, like, their games are, you have to bang your head against a wall. And even then, like,
0: like I still would not say I have a good grasp on what this game is. You yeah. know, like, I'm getting there, and, like, I think I get it, but I'm going to need another couple of hours with it before I feel comfortable.
1: It's, like, easiest, I think, from the first-person shooter side of things, in this way it gives you allowances, like, you like you won't blow up a map and have them all searching for you if you lose stealth in one section, or maybe the ai is a little stupider but like they explain that they're all these people have been partying for ever like they've been stuck here in this cycle for ages so they've become really nihilistic and sometimes they just kill kill themselves for fun because they know they'll just wake up the next day anyway yeah
0: like you'll come across a crowd of them being like do it do it and one of them's like on a cliff and he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna do it and then he just jumps (laughs) off
1: so like it feeds into that stuff for sure but like in terms of it being complicated like this game feeds so much back into itself at all times that you're just kind of unlocking different parts of it i feel like i'm building a clock like identifying all the pieces of it and putting uh, i was
2: gonna say there's a real puzzle box feel Mm. to it and how much of this so you're gonna lose a lot of stuff on a run but is there stuff that you that gets saved over so this is,
0: like, an entirely different system. The currency in the game is called, like, Residium. Yeah. And basically, if you find a really cool item or a gun or a power, you can infuse it with Residium. And if you infuse it, if you collect enough Residium on that run, that, that like, power or, like, trinket or weapon is going to stay with you from this point on. It's, so you're okay. basically... You are leveling up things to become permanents. Yeah, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. fair. And so, like, I have a power I like, and I put a lot of residium into that. So now that I wake, when I wake up on the beach again, I have that. Yeah. And when you reach, like, the
1: end of your day, and, like, you have a whole pile of stuff, you can, like, destroy them to get residium out of them, which is good to do, because by the time morning hits, you'll have lost it all anyway. So, like, you can just, like
2: so you'll do runs where you're just grinding stuff yeah yeah okay. exactly but it's nice because like i've i don't
0: think i have had a run where and like like i don't like i am shit at shooters i have not made it to i have not survived till the end of a day mm-hmm. but i have never had a run where i felt like i was wasting my time like i always felt like i either picked up a useful piece of information like um one of the like one of the things i figured out recently is like all the visionaries none of them are meant to be in the same place at once but two of them are hooking up secretly and i found the location they're hooking up and like i don't think i got i think i died shortly after that i didn't get anything else from that run but that piece of information is so valuable mm-hmm.
2: and so is this the game like hitman where all your targets are on a set path that have a cause and effect
1: uh it it is kind of like hitman but less serious i guess but yes you can the visionaries you find are usually doing the same thing because they're mm-hmm. all like
2: but they have like something they need to do at two o'clock and exactly this woman is going to preach to her cult in the morning and mm-hmm. she's going to go to this party in the evening and can, can can you snipe them out and have it done and dusted or does it have to be like does it have to set itself into a like arena
1: um you can snipe them yeah you can totally. you can take them out whatever I, I don't way. think
0: i've ever killed a visionary with like one of the clever ways yet. yeah yeah okay. i think I've, I've always just like oh i'm gonna sneak up on them and do this like mm-hmm. you yeah you can you can get pretty
2: tricky with them yeah i just wonder can you like plant a bunch of bombs and events and just like... definitely There's definitely stuff you
1: can do, like like to plan things out and make them easy for you, like turn off power and stuff, and like so you have the upper the upper hand kind of thing. Like
0: you could totally like wall them in. Like there was one visionary. I basically got a bunch of turrets and set them up outside his office and threw a grenade into his office and he ran outside and the turrets killed him. Like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Perfect.
2: Uh, yeah i'd be really curious to see like in a year's time or well probably not in less than a year there's going to be like youtube compilations of like the most like well optimized raw. oh for sure yeah, yeah. and that's going to be fascinating
3: mm-hmm. um
1: visually this is like such an arcane game where they have an aesthetic that they have researched and are committed to and it looks cool so this is kind of like a retro 60s 70s yeah. kind of style because
2: the trailers were like done like the Saul bass mm-hmm. uh, opening titles
1: Well, this is, like, it's, like, I bet the Arcane Studios is just full of, like, old, just furniture books and interior design stuff because the chairs are that retro look. The shelving have the curved edges. It always has that, like, wood paneling look to it. That
0: first interior you go into is just, like whoa like i i don't know that i've ever been in a video game environment like this Mm -hmm. like maybe something like no one lives forever but like not to this
2: fidelity and not even close got that bronze golden olive decor yeah Yeah. it's got that yeah
1: but it also has this cool thing where like all the old buildings like they look like it's like scotland or something like it's these big manors but they're like really gray and on the side of cliffs and real craggy ones yeah and it looks like and like it looks like a rainy day all the time Mm -hmm. but then there's all this like extreme like pop art like and like wolf's head and like like just art that's hanging around
0: all the bad guys wear masks yeah and which i think they impartially do because like you're like slitting their throats and like cracking their necks and i think it'd look really fucked up if you could see their faces (laughs) but um the masks are cool like Mm -hmm. some of them are like reflective some of them are like golden some of them are like wolf heads and stuff just it's it's rad
2: yeah sounds like that show the prisoner I don't know if you've seen that you, you, you know the, the, it's like a bunch of Simpsons did a parties yeah where they're yeah, like yeah, a bunch yeah. of secret geniuses around an island and there's that big bubble it, it that totally chases it totally has that
1: feeling yeah Cause that's like the thing of it as well i feel like i'm like uncovering the lore all the time but it's like it's all these people who think they're the geniuses who think they should live forever on this island to preserve their genius forever kind of thing and it seems like colt is like i need to get out of this kind of yeah. thing
0: and like when you get close to them and you start learning like what makes their tics they they're all just fucking idiots mm-hmm. like they're so like there's this one guy and He's taken audio clips of the other visionaries and cut them up to make it sound like they're being like, "Charlie, we all think that you are the best one here." And there's you find several of those tapes, yeah. and it's like,
1: "Wow!" There's a really good line that's just like the 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 scientist basically he clicked her to say, "I want your brain in my brain." Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very good.
2: Yeah. So you're both still like figuring this game out. Yeah, so, sounds like you you're a lot further on the me eve.
1: I've played I've played a lot of it and I've like I've like a loadout that I I really like, but like I find some of like this would be my quibble with it um is it can feel demoralizing where you have a goal. Say I'm like okay I'm gonna go this place in the morning and I'm going to find out this side quest thing to see if I can open the safe or do this other thing, and you follow a marker and okay it's the wrong time of day or okay I need to do something else before I get here and you've nothing else really left to do on that map and it just kind of feels like you wasted a morning
0: yeah sometimes i follow the side quest market to a location and it's like um oh there's nothing i can do here.
1: yeah there's nothing i can do and it's just like i i don't know if i'm just like not getting what they're asking me to find or if i'm missing it but i feel like i'm going to places and i'm spending a lot of time going to a marker realizing there's nothing there for me now and going back and trying a different marker so
0: i had that with the delivery pods for ages okay i figured them out i figured it out and all it was is i just happened upon a blackboard that just had a number (sighs) written on it
1: I know that blackboard. I, I took a I, screenshot of that. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay yeah, yeah, so
0: did I. And I just said, I guess I'll try this, but it's weird because the way the game works a lot of the time is you'll hear, like, you'll read something or listen to an audio recording and it will tell you the important part about that mm. audio recording. This is just a purely environmental piece of art.
2: So okay. do, you, do you need to write it down in a notebook? You t-
0: need to write it down in a notebook or screenshot it. And then okay. I tried that on the delivery terminals and now I can use the delivery okay. terminals.
1: Well, that explains those But there's like, there's other stuff as well. Like I found a safe and it doesn't have a crank on it, but then I found the crank in a different time. And I was just like, I need to know how to get this to here. And I haven't figured it out. And I feel like I'm wasting a lot of time trying to figure it out. And I don't know if it's because there is no answer and I'm looking in the wrong place or there is an answer and I'm doing it wrong.
0: I think despite like how well designed this game is, I do think there is a kind of there is a bit of jank to it yeah like this is i would not say that like the game design of this is like super tight or anything i think this is like you are not getting a super polished structured experience it's much more the opposite end of the pool where it's like this is a very messy toy box and you're gonna enter it your own way and like i think there's there's advantages to both you know like the the other side of it is like um i think figuring out your own solutions to things is fucking brilliant and like i think one of the most satisfying moments i've had in games this year is i got the nexus power Mm. and it's this it connects the lives of multiple different soldiers so i was on the side of a cliff and i just threw it down and it connected for like four different people and i took out my sniper rifle and i shot one in the head and they all died and that was amazing that felt so good
1: the Nexus power is great. Yeah, another power you have is it's like Blink from Dishonored, where you can kind of, kind of port, kind of to places. And I got into a huge building that I shouldn't have been able to get into because I used it to scale up the side of it and get in a window. And there's like just a whole pile of cool things like that where you, you feel like different people are going to play this different ways, but I feel like we're all going to get to the same point. Yeah. Like, Kind of thing like it feels like it's funneling me to a place
0: yeah i, I sometimes the game makes me feel like i'm cheating and even mm. though i totally am not, you know but that's cool um i guess a problem i kind of have with it is like i love this world and i love these characters But there's a cutscene right at the start. I think it's, like, the first thing that happens. And it's Juliana stabbing you to death. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome. And, like, her, her model is fucking cool. And her face is, like, right up next to you. And it's, like, it's a really great moment of her character. And that was kind of the last, like, piece of real, I don't know, like cinematic story i've gotten and i feel like that's kind of disappointing because like i really am interested in all these characters but it feels like the most i'm ever going to get from them is like audio logs and diary entries and i'm never going to have like a real proper character moment with them and that feels a bit disappointing
1: I think you're right and I do feel that as well because I feel like I'm always interested in seeing who these characters are but sometimes I've like you know I've gone up behind them and killed them before I got to even see them walk around the room cuz I've yeah. just walked into the room and I'm like oh shit there she is yeah like when, when, whenever I
0: mean? I'm that close to a visionary I'm like I need to fucking kill this person yeah. right now you know
1: um so it's all these cool people that seem to have all these cool internet connected relationships but it's all trudge all done in true collectibles which I like But a lot of them are missable like a lot of them are just slotted in places you Hmm. know and a lot of it was just like oh well I'll read that later because I'm on my run and I'm doing stealth kind of thing so you are missing those kind of interpersonal things a bit
0: I feel like if it had that element of it I I would really really love that but like even even without it I am really enjoying this game and this is a first person shooter as I've said multiple times now not really my genre but I I'm kind of fascinated by this thing and like the more I understand its structure the more I get that toy box the more like I enjoy this game but also just kind of respect the hell out of it you know I've I've never played anything like this ever Mm. like it's so it's kind of like Hitman it's 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 kind of like the other arcane stuff but it's Honestly, it just feels really unique, and I think it has a really strong identity. Like, it has such a strong mm. vibe and tone, and it's, it's fucking cool. And, like, I, I I think it's selling really well, and I would be very happy for Arcane if that were the case.
1: I think it is, too. I think being the PS5 game to get right now is helping it a lot
0: it's it's a big enough deal that you are seeing people lose their minds about it to the point that now the backlash of people losing their minds to it has oh, begun yeah,
2: yeah i I've, I've seen the it's overrated articles being published now oh yeah. yeah um the game awards they announced i think it's the 9th of december this year i think that Loop's probably gonna do pretty well for itself hopefully
1: yeah. like i think anything it gets it will be worth it but also like i don't know there's a lot of great games this year if game awards actually did due diligence and you know brought indies into that space i think Deathloop would have a lot more competition
0: it would just give no more heroes three a chance guys just, <laughs> just.
2: um i'm still thinking about that game
0: oh me too i forgot that game um yeah Deathloop's great i i am very happy to be playing it and it's there's something about it that really brings me back to like golden eye perfect dark era shooters and that's that's crazy to me
1: it is very arcadey yeah
0: but um it's cool you you seem to really be enjoying it neve
1: yeah i'm looking forward to play more i feel like i'm like uncovering something every time i play it and that's exciting yeah
0: totally i I definitely feel like this that, like at the end of every session i'm like this is what i took away from that mm-hmm. and that's that's such a cool feeling to have with the game
1: and i know i did say it's like the fourth or fifth loop game this year but it does like it's very much its own thing
0: yeah quick time events this first bit of news i think we're all very excited about um you think of like dream pairings in video games and it's really hard to think of one that's more appropriate than star wars x quantic dreams and brian i'd I'd like to know first of all like what what is your dream scenario here
2: okay so i guess you know as someone who is looking forward to the visceral star wars game directed by amy hennig and uh unfortunately that game is no longer happening yeah throw that shit in the garbage but at least you know we get our david cage star wars game exactly Uh, i'm very relieved that do you know what? unironically i can't wait to play this fucker oh i'm so excited yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is oh this oh my gun? god is... i am both
1: pained by this but actually kind of delighted because it sounds like a mess
2: this is going to be the best car crash ever oh
0: i hope R2- r2d2 teaches me about racism
1: <laughs> of course like quantic dream makes the star wars in like the time of the sequel saga like that stuff is just so
0: soulless like Star Wars, wise we're in the darkest timeline, and this is the game we get. You know, like this is this is just the reality, and I think it's best just to embrace it.
1: But the good point of it as well is like they clearly are very willing to give the Star Wars license to anyone now. Where like where they they were very like you know it was like like Lucas um, Lucas Arts um, that was making games, and we we had a few games here and there like star wars force unleashed but now i feel like we're gonna like they've opened the floodgate and they're like let there be star wars games so like i mean if you do the math like a couple of them will be good yeah
0: That's and like all with for. this quantic dreams game it'll probably look beautiful oh yeah i bet there's gonna be some sections where you're going to be able to wander around like i don't know a stormtrooper locker room do stormtroopers have locker rooms Steve?
1: Say yeah yeah and like
0: you're gonna be able to open the lockers and one of them will have a picture of Darth Vader and that'll be
2: cute right right
1: yeah and one of them will learn to paint yeah
2: I think thematically this game is gonna be busted yeah (laughs) It's going to be, there's going to be tonal whiplash and by the end of it, you're just going to not understand what it means to be a Star Wars fan. But that's normal. That's I, that's just so a modern normal. experience. Yeah. yeah,
1: like talk about uh, Mandalorian season two and their, their slight pivot to maybe we are as bad as the Imperials. This is like, I don't know. I don't know if this is where I want this to go, where it's kind of like, you know, the imperialist army, are they actually awful, or is it just a few people who are doing what they had to Niamh, do?
0: Neve, both sides.
1: You can't do that. With <laughs> that. I tell you, you,
0: have to look at everything, both sides. You know, oh. you, have, you have the reasonable people on one side and the Nazis on the other, and you just <laughs> gotta give them both a fighting chance.
1: I was really having a good time with mandalorian season two until i wasn't
0: oh i just got super bummed about that girl in it what's her name i don't care what her oh name yeah is. she sucks to name her. she's yeah. gone now yeah,
2: yeah you know, she is fuck her. they have the book of boba fett coming out at the end of the year in disney plus and you know that's going to be like like the, like the fans are going to get serviced to the max
0: hey star wars visions just came out that looks kind of cool it does it's an t- animatrix but star wars yeah. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna get a nice cup of coffee and perhaps a pastry and watch it Saturday morning with Sounds Michelle. delightful. She's so excited. Um, <laughs> Nintendo Direct. Can we just talk about it? Yeah. Can we just jump straight to it? Chris Pratt is Mario. Mamma mia! I'm just gonna say I don't know why people are so annoyed about this. It's... I mean, sure the dude cheated on his wife but he did make up for it by becoming a homophobe.
2: <laughs> There's just like... If you could think of any actor that has overexposure right now, it's Chris Pratt. Like,
1: it's like a joke casting.
2: Yeah, like he's purely there for marketing purposes because he's a bankable actor. He's not there because someone gave a shit. But
1: like even the the people I like in this, I don't like Chris Pratt, but like say Anna Taylor-Joy is Peach or whatever, I don't think of her and go, what a distinctive voice. And it kind of, like... It's the Daisley Ridley in 12 Minutes thing where she's a British act- actress and they're, like, put on American accent. It's not even about them it's, it's, at it's this like, stage. This it's just is a name. This is
0: such a problem with voice actors. I was actually talking to Oni about this recently. And, like, Oni was telling me that they recently, I think, interviewed someone who was, like, yeah, that's becoming, like, a problem in the industry where it's, like, you know, voice acting is its own art and mm-hmm. these people... It's, it's just, like, well, let's get this A-list actor to do it. And... Yeah, like, I don't know why you hire Chris Pratt other than the headlines.
2: I I am happy about Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong.
0: I'm happy about Charlie Day as Luigi. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. I think Charlie Day will make a fantastic Luigi. They've they've, they've got a couple of... uh, Fred Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong, which is very good casting. Pretty good. He's from Portlandia. Uh, They have Key from Key and Peele. Uh, He's going to be Toad. Sure. Yeah, like... See, for me, what I would want with this Mario movie is no voice acting or the bare minimum, kind of like the Shaun the Sheep movies, if you've seen them, where it's mostly corporal acting and it's all just like, you know, it, it, it's done like a silent film with like the occasional pizza pasta mentioned.
0: What, what if they tried to go like a grittier direction and it's like Mario starts off and he's just like a normal plumber and he gets sucked into like a
2: dino city that'd be pretty cool too but yeah. um, they actually already did that unfortunately I, I don't think so Brian they did. I, I, I watch that movie every couple of years and uh, I feel feelings about myself while I watch it not happy but you know not sad either
0: okay well what about like a Street Fighter movie where we get Kylie Minogue to play Cammy I Ah, I actually did like that that's a fucking great movie gets better every year I watch it it does
2: everyone is wearing costumes and they're saying their lines with absolute pizzazz Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think Chris Pratt would make a very good Mario and apparently he's Mario Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto said so himself and he had a big fucking smile on him Miyamoto's a weird guy he doesn't make video games at Nintendo anymore and they invented a job for him creative fellow because they, the last game he made was Star Fox Zero, and that game tanked. Yeah, and I remember, they don't want like like he's purely a like like he's there for videos and Peora stuff, but he does not do game creation anymore.
0: I think like Nintendo really, or like for a lot of people, really fall in love with this idea of like Miyamoto as like the kindly old man of Nintendo. But anytime I've ever read an interview with him, he's always like. I am very difficult to work for and I'm quite mean and I've read other things where people are like Miyamoto-san is very demanding and it's like that's who that guy is like he's he is one of those people yeah um
2: but yeah I'm gonna go see this movie.
1: That's what I was gonna ask. Yeah. Are you gonna you gonna see this, Brian? Is oh this... yeah,
2: I saw the Sonic movie. I'm gonna sit down with a big fucking bucket of popcorn and a big stupid fucking face on my head, and I'm gonna be like, "It's a me, a fucking idiot." Like that's just. I have to go see this thing. I know. I hope it's really bad. Because oh. if the movie's somewhere in the middle, I'm gonna be so bummed. Illumination oh,
1: makes pretty. I, I, bad. Looking bad movies.
2: Illumination are very talented. Um, They made films like Despicable Me and The Lorax. Despicable Me,
0: Despicable Me, separate from all the fucking minions merchandising and bullshit, is fine.
2: It's grand. I I, I actually like the first one because it's about a guy who's trying to break into someone's house, and
1: it's fine. Like that's the best Illumination movie is Despicable Me, and it is only okay.
0: Yeah, but I hear you. I just didn't hate it. You know? they, they
2: made Secret Life of Pets I like that because it has pets in it I just think anything that has cartoon animals wins me over but this is it's got Jack Black as as Bowser that sure could, that could work do you think Bowser will do like a musical number he's gotta he's a bombastic guy I don't know if Bowser Jr. is in this like I hope, the Koopalings are in it
1: I just hope Bowser kills Mario like even more now
2: like he's trying to do his like Jurassic World thing again where he's like no no I'm, I'm good with reptiles and no nah, he's not
0: God, that fucking movie. I think we should release the Velociraptors. No. Room full of people is like, I don't see any problem with that.
2: Okay, so the actual Nintendo Direct. Okay, the actual Nintendo Direct. This is where they announce games that are going to come out later this year and in the first half of next year, Mm -hmm. approximately. Mm -hmm. And it was overall it was fairly positive there i i, I, I thought it
0: was pretty strong direct yeah I, so I, a
2: lot of stuff got me excited compared to other directs where you're just like wow they got nothing at least yeah like, no they, they, they've got stuff i feel like we haven't gotten nothing direct in a while
0: yeah like what, like i don't think the directs have been super common this year but like when they come out it's like oh
2: okay yeah all right I, I i couldn't list off everything that they showed off but um i guess the one that stuck out to me is that they're making another kirby game that's expected because and that looks cool it looks cool it's kirby with Z depth uh because the previous game was kirby star allies and then there was that weird like cash grab reuse kirby game that kirby game
0: I-, I said this to you brian it has this really strange look of like when the n64 was coming out and they were just publishing concept screenshots and magazines it looks like one of those concept screenshots yeah it
2: does it's really weird but it looks lovely i think it looks great so this is post-apocalyptic cityscape kirby with all the vegetation grown over for ages he didn't have power-ups in the trailer so i was like oh maybe it's like back to basics but then no no he's got power-ups but there's new enemy designs where he's fighting lots of wild animals but it seems like with them he can't use copy abilities against them so it does have a survival element to it that'd be fucked up yeah um, but the fact that it has him walking, like, or moving in 3D space in in, in in the Z depth, yeah. Because that's something they do in the final act of the previous Kirby game. Some of the boss battles you're in this like large arena, and you can kind of move around in it. Oh, um, weird. So they're just using that tech again, but implementing it for the whole game. Like, I'm sure there will be 2D sections in it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very curious to play this game. It's out next year.
0: We got a Bayonetta 3 trailer. That game's not dead.
2: Yeah. It exists. Uh, It's been like more than a thousand days since they mentioned it last. And there was some funny stuff with Hideki Kamiya being like, oh, I can't talk about that game. And people were being like real bummed out about it. But turns out for once that like bad information or the bad news was actually good news. Yeah. Uh, Um. It looks like a younger Bayonetta. So, because like those games have a weird timeline. Where time loops and falls in on itself. So it looks like it's Bayonetta before the events of Bayonetta 1.
0: There's a point I get to in Bayonetta 2 where the timeline all makes sense to me, but then like a fragile piece of glass, it just shatters, and I do not I r I I can't I don't understand it again. Yeah.
1: I bet it's not actually Bayonetta, because she had like this drill curls, and that's like such a character trope hairstyle that is not Bayonetta's character at all. So I think she's a clone i say that as someone who has no knowledge of these games
0: i mean it, it's either it could be a clone it could be a bayonetta from a different timeline what do you guys think of a redesign
2: it's oh, cute I, I i still love her bayonetta 2 design the most bayonetta 2 is my favorite yeah i think she looks so good with short hair um, i
1: think the hair is sus like i think that you
0: it, think you i think yeah. that communicates
1: something about that character that i'm not sure but like overall i like it
0: i think yeah. it's nice i feel like there wasn't really a whole lot to say gameplay yeah that looks like bayonetta
2: Yeah, she's dancing in the foreground while the super beast hair is doing the damage in the background. Yeah, it's Bayonetta. Yeah, I am going to
0: undoubtedly get that game. Like, there's not the Bayonetta two is still one of my favorite games I've ever played, and like same with the first one. Like, they're both awesome, and this this looks great.
1: So they they announced uh, the voice of cards, the Isle of Dragon Roars. which I played the demo for and I think that's like October 28th that that's out. But they also gave the full title to what was originally called Project Triangle Strategy. Oh, oh yes. finally.
0: What do they call it?
1: Uh, triangle Strategy.
0: Huh. Cool. They
2: just shortened it.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's so weird. It's like... Uh, i'm gonna get this game because like i like that type of game they they were really like we listened to the survey results and like we've cleaned up the like UI i was so and the glad movement. to hear that
0: because like i i that game looked cool but like that demo was something to me that need to be qa'd to mm-hmm. fuck like, like there was it some was, weird stuff it in was it. so awkward it was so janky like i i hope they it
2: kept finding itself on that isometric angle yeah. where yeah. you just couldn't tell if you were going up or left
1: because yeah because it had like um elevation to it where you could climb up things but then if you went down once and the camera would just drop because mm-hmm. there was another square that was lower down yeah
0: and like it was the kind of thing where like there's no big change to be made it's just a thousand small changes yeah. and like you know that's what would take that game i think from like a seven to a nine so hopefully they've done that
1: my big note as well was this story seems a little dry <laughs> i hope it is less dry <laughs>
0: You know what would be fun? If one of these characters was a dog wearing armor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah
1: so i i I hope that's something at least that that slice they gave in the demo was so weird it was like here's a bunch of character death (laughs) i just i I
0: remember that one line where it's like i will never forgive you for what you did at my cousin's wedding and it was like uh... (laughs) seems like a lot's going on here which like with
1: how dry the story is and then calling a triangle strategy like it's like it feels like it's setting itself up to be kind of disposable like, who says my favorite game is Triangle Strategy?
2: It sounds like a mobile game.
1: Yeah, it's like, a Triangle Strategy is like a description of a genre, and like a bad one, like a Corner Scratcher. Like, it's not like a name of a game. I,
0: look, I didn't make up Corner Scratcher. It just, became the, it just became the name,
2: okay? I'll make you up.
1: Trinity Wars. Call it that. That's much oh, better.
2: There <laughs> we go. That is much better. That's a bigger word.
1: Still means the same thing.
2: Can you do it again, Niamh?
0: um uh 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 fuck no you know what brian it's it's getting late so i was gonna say let's move on but let's just let's just give her a minute here
2: how about church of the trifecta awakening
1: that's pretty good uh what about three houses
0: Yeah, i like it it's good
2: second time's a charm Mm -hmm. what about what
0: about pokemon red and blue (laughs) red and or blue (laughs) (laughs) Oh um, yeah, I hope that game ends up good, as I do all games. Um, Sony Interactive Entertainment acquires Blue Point Games. Good for them. Yep.
1: So Blue Point is like that studio that's been doing all the remakes for them. So they. For did, Sony, anyways. Yeah.
2: It's it's great job security for the staff.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. They said their new thing will be a new project, so that doesn't mean it's going to be a new IP, but it could be a new thing within. Uh, existing sony ip
0: last of us one baby
1: that is on it th- that is coming out
2: mm-hmm. again
0: well like we I, the way i see it if if the 2025 remake of the remake of last of us one is going <laughs> to be good it we need to start working on it now
3: yeah yeah
0: real quick little one uh, delta ruin chapter two came out and it is free i have not played this game um, i am going to tuck it away in my game pouch and play it at a later date uh, i do not have time right now and at some point i just want to take it out when i have nothing else going on and just sit there with a glass of wine and enjoy my dumb bullshit
2: um i thought toby fox's statement of everybody's had it real tough so it's free it was super sweet
0: yeah that was that was a classy move
2: and it was announced what like two days before it came out and it was coming to pc and mac linux on h.io that kind of setup but then very the following week was also coming to switch mm. which i was like fantastic yeah and i did try to start it and continue from where i left off but i had no context for where i was so i think i'm gonna have to start from chapter one again yeah
0: me too yeah I, I played that on stream as well and i have this thing with, when i play stuff on stream i don't remember
2: anything I was saying to Nia when, when you were out, just the, in, in, in between bits, Deltarune was announced as Eastward launched, and those two games kind of are going after the same audience, uh-huh. and I kind of feel a bit bad for Eastward, because that game like didn't get it's it the, as big an audience as it thought it was going to get because of Deltarune. Yeah. But yeah. that's just unfortunate. That's just how it is.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Hopefully that game does all right emails
2: do you want to email us i would love to email you guys but you don't have an email address so there's no way for me to do it no no we do no shit really yeah and i'm gonna pass this one over to nif nif what's our email
1: ask let's find a boss at gmail.com
0: shit.com <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well I was like she made it pretty far in I think she's gonna do it
2: ask let's fight a boss at gmail.shit
0: yeah
2: <laughs> ask us fight a boss at
0: gmail.com Brian how good have the emails been lately let's let before we dive in let's measure the temperature here
2: do people need to try harder uh, have we got some stone cold winners I am liking the standard we're getting okay I would like it to be continued please okay I am not giving you the merit you deserve yet, but you have won my favor.
0: I think one of my favorite ongoing bits of this podcast is just Brian's latent anger towards the emails.
2: God, we got so many emails and they were so bad.
0: <laughs> like, I just read one and I was like, dude, come on. Every time we say something like that on the emails, we get a million apology emails and it's never the person who sent it.
2: All right, I got one here Uh p-y-n okay i'm gonna say peen <laughs> three questions mm-hmm. okay this is the first question okay you found out there will be a zombie apocalypse in the near future what is the single item you will stock and hoard up stock stock up and hoard to prepare i think you told me this one before of
1: oh i'm full on my tobacco and spices i
2: thought you were gonna do tampons
1: Tampons are a great idea. Bro. Tampons
2: and tobacco are probably mm-hmm. like the two big T's right there. Um, I am going to hang on to. Damn, that's good.
1: See, with tampons, you can block a wound with it. You yeah, like...
2: they—they—they're they, so fun They're—they're multifunctional.
1: Yeah. You just use them. <laughs> you can throw them. You can probably <laughs> fill a pillowcase and sleep on them. Yeah. And tobacco, everyone wants to barter with the person with tobacco. Cause things are gonna get hard and they'll want to smoke.
2: I'm gonna take all the shoelaces. <laughs> yeah. Shoelaces are also multifunctional. I'm
0: gonna have so much fucking soap.
2: You motherfucker. Yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna make sure I'm taking soap
0: from other people and I'm gonna smell so good in that apocalypse. Liquid or bar? A bar because with a bar I can also it's a weapon you I can, can put take in out my sock. socks yeah. and turn them into flailing maces and like fire them at people from a distance or I just bully people with them in up close oh no it's
2: Soapy John <laughs> time to
0: clean up boys <laughs> yeah I'm gonna be like a mini boss in The Last of Us 3 Soapy John and then there's Auntie Tampon I keep trying to she's hit him around. but he keeps
2: slipping <laughs> so, there's, so there's Soapy John Auntie Tampon she's gonna <laughs> plug you up <laughs>
1: plug you up I'm not anti-tampon. I'm like Mrs. Tobacco.
2: I think you're anti-tampon. You you just
1: gave me the tampons as an extra thing.
2: You want? I'll I'll, I'll gladly take tampons. (laughs) It's a good fucking commodity.
1: Between the three of us, we'll we'll definitely have the tampons.
2: We're going to be such a fun gang. Okay, so how about none of us have the tampons, but it's about each different village going after the tampon horde. That's in like a a, a building surrounded by zombies. And we'd
0: arrive at the village and we'd have to try and act super chill, like we're not going for the tampons, (laughs) but they'd eventually figure it out and
2: we'd get run out of town. Okay, and for some reason we all have- The tampon bandits, they got away again! For some reason, okay, so we all have different accents and you're like, hello, Lisa And I'm like, hello. And like, my whole thing is that I just make like little ropes and I try to climb up them, but they don't really do it. <laughs> so then, what I do is I, I choke people out with the laces. They'll fucking get you. Mm-hmm.
0: I set up kind of soap traps, so I just like dampen soap the soap tra- a little bit, and I put the bar on the ground. But and they just skid along, before... they just skid off into the horizon. On that thing. Yep. See you later. Oh, soap you later is what I'd say. Yeah, that's very good.
2: Soap and glory. Okay, uh, you're sent. To the past with millions of dollar Oh my god. Uh, what is the one product that died in the past that you want to see in the modern day for shits and giggles? That's like failed snack items, toys that faded away in time, fucking Neo Geo. As
0: Sega m- Dreamcast 2. Sega Dreamcast 2. Sega Dreamcast 2. It's
2: a good one. Yep. Yeah. Um, Sonic Adventure 3. Uh, my plan is. My plan is to invest in pogs and in the future make sure that the pogs are the new form of currency and not dollar and we all fucking start slamming pogs for cash.
0: So when we get into the tampon wars, that's going to be the currency?
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: It's two slammers for a box of tampons. Man,
0: this, this, this world building is becoming so vivid. It's like I'm there.
2: Nev, what's your like old timey thing?
1: Oh, it is an old-timey thing. There used to be this uh, British invention, because of course it was, which was an alarm clock slash tea maker that you would have on your bedside table that when the alarm went off, it also made you a cup of tea. And this wasn't very popular at all because people were burning themselves trying to turn off their alarm and it was just kind of a menace. (laughs) But I think generally there's something there to work with, like just an alarm going off, a cup of tea right there a big tea drinker sounds good
2: it needs to be prototyped further because it yeah. could exist as a final mm-hmm. product okay should
0: pitch it on dragon's den nave
1: <laughs> these are the anti-burn gloves <laughs> <laughs> peter it's very James. important
2: to go to sleep wearing these what's his name peter jones is that peter one jones guys? yeah yeah the guy the, the guy with seven the... foot tall monster <laughs> yeah the man with the socks um okay and then the last question is you're sent to the future where EA has become the monopoly of video games. Mm. Okay. Only releasing FIFA 2050 every year with no changes in 2019. Okay. What is the one game you will preserve to save the soul of video games or ruin oh, for your own
0: twisted vision? That's a tough one. Pro Evolution Soccer. John. Fuck. Fuck it, let it burn.
1: Although, given in that in the world where only FIFA FIFA Den exists, maybe like Pro Evolution Soccer will just be such a breath of fresh air. I can't speak tonight.
0: I was weirdly invested in the FIFA versus Pro Evolution thing back in the day, just because I used to own, you know, PlayStation magazines were my only way of consuming video game content, and I just read every review. And I could have told you all the differences between FIFA and Pro Evolution
2: Soccer. What it was months? a
0: big deal. Yeah, Pro Evolution sounded that? awesome
2: yeah because because one's like by, made, made by konami isn't it yeah it's a japanese game yeah and one was fifa <laughs> yeah i was gonna joke and say i was gonna do like call a battlefield and do, make sure that genre stays alive so that the, the two awful titans can duel on forever and ever if there was a it's genre wins, it, we lose. it would be search action games such as metroid or i'm Castle. sorry i'm sorry what Search action games. Search action game. But those games are still continuing. Do you know what he's talking about,
1: Never heard of it.
2: Games like Hollow Knight.
1: Metal Gear Solid 5.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, a stealth game, Brian. That's what you mean. No, that's
2: stealth action.
0: That's no, but you have to You search. You search yeah, you well. do, it's like the same thing.
2: You don't really have to search that much. you more of the stealth. He means corner scratchers.
1: <laughs> I would bring Deadly Premonition
2: that's a nice game to like keep around mm-hmm. just keep a weird
0: if i'm gonna like if i'm gonna give a real answer if this is a depressing post-apocalypse devoid of art and beauty i don't know maybe mother three i think that game is lovely and i think we all need that game forever
2: my game is kind of like made in response to those games as yeah. well anyway that works jesus it really is yeah okay thank you for that email pyn
1: um, I have an email that I want us to do really quickly, just to okay. clear up something, because I kind of me. felt bad about this, and this is like from the real, uh, the real Josh. Josh. Oh my God. Dear nameless one and the former queens, I'd like to know how you guys feel about the Wheel of Time. <laughs> as well as Uh-oh. whatever other fantasy books you may have read. Neve mentioned Wheel of Time once in passing, but was very dismissive of it, which was pretty disappointing since it's my favorite series of all time. Do you have any thoughts on the Amazon upcoming series? I'd love to hear more about it on the podcast. So I feel bad about this because I am someone who is dismissive of the Wheel of Time because it was my favorite book series for the longest time ever. I got into them in 2000 and about then I'd say about maybe nine of them, nine of the 16 were released because they started releasing in the early 90s and I was the person who went to the shop and got them on release day and because I was dyslexic it took me like a year to get through them because they're tomes.
0: They're just so big. They were
1: so big and I loved it. I thought it was great because it was a real like female-centric high fantasy which you did not get a lot of back then and all i was reading was stuff like david gemmel and like i like that stuff but it was like nary a woman there but iron hand's daughter
0: brian your son's misbehaving <laughs> my, my
2: hedgehog. W- i'm sorry my hedgehog wants to be fed so he's fucking rattling the cage
1: mm-hmm. but like i really liked it because it was a very female-centric like fantasy story but when you're waiting for something book by book and it took 22 years for that series to complete and when a lot of that book series in the middle is them traveling it just took so long to get anywhere that my hype and my like love for it just by the time it got to the end it had completely petered out and I think that would be a totally different experience I would have had if the books were all finished when I was reading them. But I was just always waiting. And I remember getting one of the books. I can't remember which one it was, maybe 12. And it's just like they're still on their way to the White Tower. And I was just like, they're fucking faster. <laughs> like reading a whole book that feels wa- like a waste. Like it feels like a middle chapter of something. It was just very frustrating. But I just wanted to say I loved it. My first Xbox name was like Lanfier I was like my Like, I was very bought into Wheel of Time, so my dismissiveness is only... It only comes from someone who spent a very long time being a fan, only to get extremely burnt out. You hate
0: it with the passion of someone who truly loved it.
1: Exactly. And it's like, I don't even hate it. I'm just, like, a little disinterested in it now because it's been so long. Like, I was reading them when I was a 14-year-old, and I carted all the books uh, with me to every house I ever moved to but yeah I'm excited for the Amazon show I will give it a watch I think the casting looks good and interesting I just that again it's just such a long story I think it's going to be hard to adapt yeah like I don't think that's something that will be adapted easily so there's going to be a whole pile of compromises but uh, I, I I hope it's good like I would very like Wheel of Time the TV series to be good because I think it could work if it gets the budget it deserves
2: hopefully the uh, prestige actor they have in it is uh, I Care A Lot Woman
1: oh really yeah Ooh, what is she playing
2: uh she, she's playing the magic woman
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of magic women brian they're all magic women nine of eve was my favorite she had a name that was similar to neve and she was pissed off and used to pull her braid and smoother skirts that's that was all i needed as a teenager I And
0: mean, what more could you
2: want
1: mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's my feelings of the wheel of time do any of you guys have history with it
2: uh book series. just that i didn't know anybody that finished them yeah i i, I did think I, I think we talked about a tiny bit on an upcoming shenmue 2 let's play because mm-hmm. mm. this feels like a conversation we had but did we i get so confused about what we talked about on the let's plays and what we talked
0: about
1: i think i was also mean about sort of shenara on the let's play as well so i'm just trying to do you want
0: to cut that off now <laughs>
1: i'm just i'm trying to like again only mean about things because I assassins, a lot of high assassins, assassin's
0: books great shit all together
1: yeah robin hobb fantastic
0: yeah i never i never got past like book six i think i got bored on the ship books
1: oh the live ship trader yeah, books. they pay off really well but they are
0: much slower yeah um i i really want to go back though because those i love those first three books so much
2: but I've got some more quick-fire questions. Well, lightning round questions. We will answer them as slow as we can. Mm-hmm. These are from Joseph. Okay. Okay. Uh, what genre of game would best translate into John's fecal fiasco park adventure?
0: Okay. Next question.
2: Uh, I'd say next uh, question. Death Stranding.
1: <laughs> it is a Strand game.
2: Yeah, it's a Strands game. Uh, okay. Favorite fake... Cur- Silent Hill. <laughs> Favorite fake c- currency in games... What's the one in,
0: that's in a lot of the Final Fantasy 7s or Final Fantasies? Gil. Gil. I like Gil. You like Gil? Um, I'm appalled that Capcom has never done Bison Dollars.
1: I really like that Kingdom Hearts is just like it's just money. M-U-N-N-Y.
2: Oh, that's kind of fun. Okay. I like in Banjo-Kazooie, I like the musical notes. I like the noise they make. They have a weird difficulty curve on them where in the first game, they reset upon exiting and entering a level. But in Banjo-Tooie, you collected them permanently. That stuck in my head. Uh, okay. You're cursed with an action being tied to a gaming sound effect that you must trigger 20 times a day or you die. What is it? And what activates it? So gaming sound effect. I got one. Go, go for it. You know, in the recent Tomb Raider games, when you click... To rev- yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so so the <laughs> and I want that to happen every time I stretch I would
0: like whenever I punch someone for it to make the sonic ring loss sound it's
1: harsh um, come the, on uh, the needler from Halo every time I blow my
2: nose <laughs> brilliant there we go. you're blowing your nose 20 times a day Yeah. see I'm fine stretching 20 times a day it's probably good for you and John you're going to punch someone 20 times a day well, I'm going to, like... You could crack your knuckles. I'm,
0: I'm going to, like, do, like, really tiny little punches on Michelle. <laughs> in a playful way. And then she'll actually hit me and it'll be really sore.
2: That's what you want, isn't um. it? Okay. Expand the Mario movie cast. Oh, this is good. Uh, expand the Mario movie cast by picking one character from the Nintendo-verse and choosing who would voice them. Alright, so I, I actually thought about this when we were talking about the mario movie earlier on Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and i was like okay so there's the koopalings who were originally the koopa kids Mm. the seven of them okay uh i love i love wendy and i would pick jenny slate to voice wendy she's a comedic actress and she plays
1: i love jenny slate
2: she's in parks and rec as uh the sapristine sister, John Ralphio's sister.
0: Oh yeah, she's super good. Uh
2: so she'd be really, really good as Wendy Cooper, I think.
0: I would pick, you know, in that same vein, I'm gonna pick Dwayne the Rock Johnson as Roy Cooper. Hell yeah.
1: I don't know any extended um Mario characters.
0: Well who do you play as character? You're not Mario trying Kart? to, leave. you're not trying very hard. Um who Wiggler, has- give us a Wiggler.
1: Um the I think Bowser's son with the sunglasses.
0: That's ben? Roy. Roy. that's i've all he already I said know. the rock Niamh, you just asked Niamh, me who you're, i played neve <laughs> you're tanking this section
2: okay who voices you want you want to join woolly me just say danny devito as monty mole and just leave it at that
1: no <laughs> um fuck i'll get there
0: mushroom Neve, who card. plays Guigi? guigi
1: <laughs> it would um, be funny
2: if glenn howarth and or or rob McElhenney plays and Gooigi. john cena
0: as guigi. <laughs>
1: Ewan McGregor. Perfect. Who's the trans egg dinosaur?
2: Birdo. Yeah. Okay.
1: Petras. Okay, yeah. Here we go.
2: Birdo's so cool. She was my favorite in the new Mario Tennis. She's Rod. Okay. Uh, Okay. One more. Sorry, my brain. I feel bad for my hedgehog. We're we're melting tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's going on. Okay. Bad license game that you give a slide because you're biased towards the IP. Uh, One Piece I own a lot of shitty One Piece games I will go to my brain
0: oh my god go to my grave <laughs> claiming <laughs> I will go to my brain claiming that Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 1, which is the Dragon Ball Z fighting game everyone fucking hates I think that's a super ambitious fighting game for it's time it was one of the first arena fighters, and in a way that actually made sense. And there was a depth to that game I don't think people appreciate. And there was all these weird what if scenarios you could play. I think all licensed games should have weird what if scenarios. That game was wonderful. People were just too mean for it. Neat.
1: I was going to say Gungrave for the PS two, but I think the anime came after the game.
2: In my mind, they're the same thing. Mm-hmm. I still get messages from that Gungrave guy. How about Pingu? Pingu has some games on the Game Boy.
1: I've never played one. Doesn't I, matter. You love it. would love it. I, I love, love Pingu. Pingu, Pingu yeah. is super cute.
2: Okay, where is Pingu from? Because because this this confuses people. Like, what is the country of origin that the animated series? I can series...
0: honestly say
2: I've never thought about this. Yeah, I know, right? Okay, so like I, the UK. You'd think, wouldn't you? Yeah. Pingu is from Switzerland.
1: That was my second. I, like, <laughs> what
2: the. F- Fuck. What are you doing,
1: Pingu? I love Pingu. Pingu's so cute. I'll tell
0: you what we're doing. Reading Patreon (laughs) shoutouts.
2: Oh, Uh... you've got us in a tight spot now, you dear patrons. Oh, okay. With your financial contributions towards our cause. Yeah, we we
0: so appreciate it. And... You know what, I'm just gonna say, some people message me saying that as soon as they become a patron, their quality of life improves dramatically. I can't say that there's any connection at all, I would never make that claim, that would be an insane claim to make, but at the same time, the volume of these, I just, it's hard to not believe there's not something there. What do you think, Neve?
1: I think it's true. I heard it makes your ass bigger or smaller depending on which one you want. Mhm.
0: Mhm. I hear there's a slider. <laughs> you get
2: the perfect ass. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash lfab Brian. Patreon dot forward slash lfab b <laughs> b.
0: <laughs> okay. Nearly this first said- one comes from the nameless one and. Um, I, you know, this one is maybe a little unfortunately timed. Uh, the nameless one, this was, did come in the latter half of 2019. And so you couldn't have known that the person in question was being cancelled at the moment for some pretty terrible shit. But um, <laughs> I'm just going to read it. It says, Rick Flair is an illegal black market baby, which... I learned just before this podcast from Brian is
2: actually true. Yeah, he does not know his birth heritage because he was uh, sold and adopted. Yeah. Essentially.
0: But um, yeah, he, he he was exposed for doing some pretty shameful things in that most recent Dark Side of the Ring. It's, it's all kind of a bummer. But yeah, what a fucking weird time for a Ric Flair mention to come up.
2: I got one here from Bitmuffin. They say, or I guess I say. Brian's been keeping One Piece warm inside his hat the whole time. That, that's a possibility. Like, imagine reading the last chapter of One Piece and being like, you fucking got me. And I lift up my hat and there it is.
1: This is from Uncle Crapper.
0: <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have thought Uncle Crapper's anime house was two years old, but I guess it is. Yeah, oh,
1: yeah. And they want me to say, I want food gummy.
2: <laughs> it, it was very important that food was yeah. spelled food I want food gummy I want food gummy <laughs> go on John try it I don't know if I should
0: I feel I feel like this is going to be clipped and ended up in some weird I want food gummy <laughs> it's like a
2: really creepy point click adventure game and that's like oh and everyone's teeth are too long <laughs> <laughs> It's great for chewing up the gummies.
1: (laughs) My teeth goes through my head.
2: (laughs) I bit my nan. I did.
1: (laughs) Because she took the food (laughs) gummy.
0: She shouldn't have done that. What is this episode?
1: I don't know. We're we're all very sleepy.
2: Yeah.
1: It's sleepy cast.
2: Yeah. Sleepy cast. It's another sleepy cast. It is. Pass 11.
1: We're allowed to have a sleepy cast. All Um, right. Every one in four.
2: Yeah. One in four. (laughs) Yeah. Big old yawn. Okay. Last section. Fuck. Loot. Drop. Okay. Niamh is on YouTube looking for Uh, something.
1: (laughs) No, I've seen some good things.
2: Okay. How about I go first? I know it's out of order, but to save of some time, I, I, will, I will go first. Go for it. Okay. Now I'm just going to buy a bit more time. I'm just going to remind everyone oh, that shit. I'm going to go... leave oh, for fucks. It, 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 it auto-played one of those five-second unskippable ads there <laughs> while she was on YouTube scrambling. <laughs> anyway, the YouTube channel I'm going to go for is Todd in the Shadows. He's very good. Oh, he's great. Uh, old school. Old school. Um, lo- I love his channel, but he did uh, a new video on louis bega's mambo number five and the history and legacy of that song and how louis bega had other songs after mambo number five in which the general theme is hey i'm not gay i like women here is another song about it and who
3: thanks (laughs) i mean like
0: i'm i thought he was pretty emphatic about that in mambo number five did he really feel a need to drive
2: it home so his second song is about how he is a girlfriend on every continent okay and he's cuban inspired music but he is from germany
0: he's from germany (laughs) (laughs) no
2: that is weird yeah um, so yeah, uh, it's a very fun video, and uh, I think you know that song gets its gets its dues. And what 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 an annoying song! Yeah, John, have you got something? Uh,
0: Neryl just put a new video out. I think it's about. His Majoras Mask remake. I bet that's a fun watch.
2: It's a tutorial video I watched. Okay, it. It. god damn it. Like oh. it's good, but it's just kind of like unless you're actually interested in installing it, like it's just like a tutorial video with personality. Do you want do you want to just be like, "Well, you know what? It's going to be a fucking mystery link."
0: You know what? Mystery link.
1: Um my one is a video I watched today by Curio and this is a video about vampires. Monstermen, Creatures of the Night, um, Curio, she's doing a Monstermen series just about different monsters, and this one is specifically about vampires, and it's just the history of the vampire, how they changed to be, uh, like, a proxy for, like, rich people and socialites and landlords and stuff like that, but how they were also, like, um, used for marginalized people and just the different histories and different... Bringing them all together into one place and just looking at the broader cultural idea of the vampire. So, fun video. I always like uh, vampire stuff, especially with um seen through a queer lens. It's pretty interesting. And Curio's channel is just really great.
0: Cool. Sounds, Sounds great. great. Yeah. Okay. I think that's everything. I feel like some episodes we kinda like, you know, we pull in real sleek and we, we land in the hangar and sometimes we just fucking crash into the side of a hill.
1: I don't think we took the plane
0: off. I don't think we flew. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think I think this is this is three naked people flying through the sky. Yeah.
2: But <laughs> there's skid marks in the clouds for yeah. some reason. Yeah, it's just
0: sometimes sometimes you just shit yourself and die, and thousands of people listen to it on the internet and somehow that's what you do now.
3: Bye.